all you Blue Jays fans out there, and welcome to the Jaybird Watching Gamecast. We are live here for today's episode for the Detroit Tigers taking on the Toronto Blue Jays on Canada Day weekend. And I'm kind of shocked to see they're not wearing their wonderful red uniforms, but I definitely know they'll be wearing them tomorrow. Today, my special guest is Hayden Godfrey of JaysJournal.com, and you can read up on all his good stuff there any day of the week. He's one of the main contributors at the moment as we get the first out of the ball game on the first pitch. But anyway, Hayden, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, my friend. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, and I'm surprised that we already have an out in this game, but I guess that's just how it is. <laughs> it's great. I'm, I've, been, I've been really impressed with Gavilio just right off, right off the bat in his past starts. I've been, I've been rather blown away by what he's been able to do uh, coming in here. Uh, pretty low expectations, but yeah, really, uh, really hoping to get a good start from Sammy G today. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, in all reality, he's been our best fifth starter that we've had this season. Because no it's offense crazy. to uh, Jaime Garcia, but I'm uh, not believing the hype. No, neither am I. And I, it's it's amazing with because uh, I've, I've written a few columns on Gavilio, and he had exceptionally low expectations coming into this one. I mean, coming into the coming into the season, he was, what, a waiver claim or a cash consideration? A waiver claim uh, from Kansas City. And in all reality, he didn't play with the Royals too much last year. season, I'm pulled up the stat line as we see Devin Travis recorded out number two. Twelve innings pitched in the majors last season uh, with Kansas City. And then before that, he had pitched 62 and a third with the Seattle Mariners. So he's bounced around a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and decently solid. Uh, what he's been able to come here and do is nothing short of amazing. He works really quickly. I've been able to watch some of his starts. Um, and he's just he's just been great. So it's really... They really need solid starting pitching. I, I think if there's one thing to point to this year, um, it's been the lack of consistency on the starting five. Maybe that's just me. No, I kind of tend to agree with you. And a lot of that, unfortunately, has been due to injuries and all sorts of terribleness. But... If you get guys that can plug in like Gavilio and continue to run with this, in all reality, it seemed like we, if we didn't get the bombardment of injuries that we possibly we didn't have all season, the Blue Jays could be a very different looking team if you had guys like Gavilio to be able ready to plug into that starting rotation and stop the leaking, basically, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I think the Sanchez injury has been devastating. Uh, Strowman's inconsistency and struggles have been devastating. But, yeah, if we would have had five more Sam Gavilas, I know it sounds so easy to say that, if we just had five starting pitchers who had ERAs of 380. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a huge thing. And uh, Gavilas already getting ahead on these Tigers hitters early. And I, I like the way he's attacked the zone. I really have. Yeah, and he was doing that with the Buffalo Bisons as well. So, uh, me being the minor league guru as Ari Shapiro is... Uh deemed me over the last Absolutely, two years yeah. um, it was my time at jaysjournal.com myself um, I had the pleasure of seeing him playing here in Rochester against the Red Wings early in the season before he really was he might have been on the outside looking in maybe as far as the depth chart was concerned but he definitely has worked his way into um, a prominent role and honestly it, it wouldn't shock me if he actually stays and sticks with this in one way or the other with this, my, with this major league club Oh, absolutely. And I think he was very much a quadruple-A player. He was absolutely on the outside looking in. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the Rochester Wings, all I could think about was the the Buffalo Wings, which is what they're now <laughs> called. So I think it's hilarious. I think it's a great promotion. I know that's a little off topic, but that's yeah. just what I what I thought of there. For all the fun Canadian li- listeners out there, that's um, obviously the town of Buffalo is known for starting up chicken wings. Uh, here in Buffalo, New York, so every this is a new promotion that they started doing this year, and it's actually been kind of a minor league baseball trend. 
having your hometown foods on your jersey. Here in Rochester, uh, we uh, in New York, we uh, have what we call garbage plates, and it's a drunk person's uh, dream. <laughs> um, so, more or less, uh, for all the Canadian listeners and anybody outside of Rochester, New York, that happens to be peering in on this show, a garbage plate is macaroni, salad, or you know, and home fries, and then you just chuck a meat and a bunch of sauce and meat and hot sauce and all the stuff in a like to go pouch. And you devour it while you're hammered. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all. But that was the uh, it was the subject of the Rochester name. And yeah. I, I, the jerseys, I think, look a little bit ridiculous. But to see some of the guys wearing them, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a great promotion. And uh, I mean, the Bisons are going to get a lot more a lot more bums and seats in the next few months if Vladdy G makes his way up there. But uh, it's a great promotion for them and great getting minor league baseball there. I personally have never been able to attend a game in Buffalo, but I've heard it's a great experience to go... Uh, to go to the park. I've heard it's a nice little stadium they got there. Yeah, it's one of the nicer minor league ballparks that I've had my pleasure of going to, and Coca-Cola Field is in a nice little spot downtown where the Buffalo Sabres play. There's a bunch of restaurants. There's a really, really good brewery named Bruce, or, uh, Pearl Street. And nice. Unfortunately, you might have to take over the game by uh, the play-by-play here for a minute. It's my feet just went dead. So <laughs> Absolutely. That's okay. We have uh, it's a 1-1 count. I'm harnessing my owner, Jerry Howarth. Uh, this is V-Mart. Uh, I, I like Camellia's pitch selection. It may just sound like I'm, I'm just gushing over this guy, but uh, the fact that he works quickly, and one of the things that I've noticed the most, personally, in observing a lot of the games, is that the Jays pitchers, uh, mainly Estrada and Garcia, have been pitching a lot in the sense that they've been throwing a lot of pitches. really limits their longevity. Um, within the game and the fact that you have guys like Cavillio and especially Happ in his last few starts yep. have been able to come in there and pitch innings of, of 13, 14, 15 pitches with consistency um, and it's outstanding that he's been able to do that and it's, yeah and you mentioned the Jay Happ thing the one thing that if you if I had to find a flaw in Jay Happ recently right um, it is that what you just alluded to the pitch count the strikeouts and everything do rack up over time and then through a start, and that's why you do see him not get through the sixth inning all the time. As we, see, you know, see the inning come to a close here on a stolen base. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree completely. That's the only problem with strikeouts. Uh, they do. They yeah. They rack up your pitch total, and especially the way that um, is a fantastic throw. It is a great throw, and. Uh, uh, that's the reason Luke Maley has been held in such high regard this season period and uh, part of the reason we've seen Russell Martin all over the place. <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting to me because I know, I believe it was Brendan Panikar at the beginning of the year who wrote something about can Luke Maley provide a positive war. Um, and obviously he's made us all eat our words with his offense, but his defense has been consistently solid. I've been, I've been so impressed with him. And, that, and that's where I think one way or the other he's going to make his buck. You know, he has been a ridiculously good defensive catcher this season and if he has got a positive war is just as much due to his or, um, arm and whatnot too but it is what it is and I honestly have liked seeing him I definitely don't want to see him taking starts every day but he has been a very salvageable backup catcher yeah and I think it's partly because of his success and also the the lack of success that Russell Martin has had at the plate I mean it's it's I, I believe Buck has said this multiple times. Not that I want to be referring to the broadcast that we're substituting, but um, he said, you know, uh, being a catcher is a very, very difficult, mentally taxing position, um, and so catchers do have a little bit of 
wiggle room with their offensive prowess. With that being said, um, I mean, look at a Martin stat line with a with a batting average of a buck seventy one. Yeah, um, nobody would have. You wouldn't have been able to convince me that one way or the other at the beginning of the season that he was going to be batting below the Mendoza line um, this late in the season. It's just mind boggling, right? It really is, and and we've seen him have averages in two twenty, two thirty, two forty, and he's been able to walk enough. He has been walking at a decent clip this year, uh, but his lack of production is just glaring right now. It's 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 frustrating to watch. We we catch the Jays lineup. Gritchick in the leadoff spot. And I'm honestly, I, I really like Gritchick in the layoff spot. He's got that spark, I think, that you would like in a leadoff hitter. I just worry about the strikeouts from that spot. Yeah, I, I, I've, I mean, I've been absolutely in awe of what he's been able to do lately. He has been on fire. Um, and I like, personally, I like the drop down of Hernandez to the second spot as well, because his OBP has not been that great. He, he does strike out a lot, if you want to talk about someone who strikes out a lot. Yep. Uh, and doesn't doesn't walk a lot. So I definitely consider Hernandez a middle-of-the-order bat. But yeah, I love that. Um, I love the placement of Gritchick at the top of the lineup, at least for the next three four games. And see old buddy Matthew Boyd. Yep, and um, there, and I, we'll talk a lot about the future. Obviously, we're going to talk about trades and stuff today. Um, but Matt Boyd, if you talk, if you think back to 2015, as we see a ball that hit the shortstop by Gritchick for a ground out, um, Matt Boyd is really the only success story out of any of those guys we traded to push the 2015 playoffs. Do you agree with that? Yo, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I, I um. When I look at the Tulowitzki trade, not much going on there. Well, Hoffman's, Hoffman's actually been not bad for the Rockies. Yeah, he's been okay, but again, not really the amazing pitching prospect. But in the price deal, I mean, we were I was just talking about this this morning with a few friends. Um, it, it's incredibly lopsided because Norris really hasn't done much at all. He's been really uh, healthy. Yeah, and then uh, trying to pronounce this name correct, Gyro Labor, who was the other minor prospect included in that price deal. Uh, was DFA'd by the Tigers two, three months back. And, and Boyd's been okay um, for the Tigers, as we saw his numbers flash up there. But absolutely, it's it's. Uh, I remember when the price deal happened, I was not happy. They're giving up their future for three months of a guy. Um, and then they come, and they made the playoffs because of price, and these guys have done next to nothing, as we see. Oscar a jumping. slight age difference between us, Hayden, but uh, one, I would have bet the farm to go with that team in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! I, I, I mean, it was, it was, yeah. Oh, it was different for me, and I've, I've spoken about this with many people. Yeah, that was the first time I'd experienced Blue Jays baseball in the postseason, and boy, was that run fun! Yeah, I mean, it was a blast, and I got the chance to see a few games uh, in August and September's. Let's go with the strikeouts. Yeah, but I um, was talking about Matt Boyd's prowess. That was a heck of a pitch that you got him to swing at there, and it really yeah, was. That's Oscar Hernandez. Uh, likeliness to pull the trigger in a bad period, but that was a great pitch from Boyd. Really was. I, I know um, Terry Oscar has his trouble with the breaking balls, but kudos to Boyd on that pitch selection. I think uh, it's well done. Not a lot of folks in the stands today, which I was somewhat surprised at. Too many people out drinking and barbecuing up there? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a, uh, oh, it's, it's a hot one here, as I'm sure it is. Well, we're not that far away from each other, yep. but it is a... Just across the pond is. here in Rochester, New York. You know, we used to have that ferry thing that failed that went back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is a sweltering heat outside today, too. And uh, if you hear any static on the line in the background of this uh, audio feed, it's because the air conditioner is running continuously behind me. 
<laughs> and I hope if you're listening to this, you're staying real nice and cool. And uh, thank you for joining us. Yep, and uh, this is going to wrap up the first full inning of Toronto Blue Jays baseball as Solarte hits one opposite field and recorded out for the right fielder. But um, that one, honestly, I was surprised hung up there with the dome being shut. But hey, that's an out. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to mention very quickly. I'm sure we'll talk about this throughout the show. But um, kudos to the folks at the Rogers Center for a closing the dome um, and b providing on their social media feeds the. Uh, locations of water stations for fans uh, to be able to come in and refresh themselves because people being overheated is uh, is Never. not fun one bit. Been there, done that while I was playing. It was definitely something I would rather avoid. And I've been in that ballpark on a day where I was... We went to the night game before, had a few too many beers, and I went to the day game the day after and sat <laughs> on the first base side, which was always a big no-no because the first base side is always in the sun all Absolutely. day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's it's not it's not fun at all. Um, Sit and cook. So good for them for uh, for doing that for closing the dome. It's going to affect the way that, that balls fly a little bit, but uh, I think the players and fans alike are going to are going to thank them for doing that. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, much appreciated. By the time everybody gets out of the game, you know, four o'clock ish or whatnot, it'll be cooling off a little bit. At least then you can enjoy walking around the downtown area there and you know find whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm taking a look at some stats here, and I, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, just as we get set yeah. for the second inning, um, what are your thoughts on uh, on Justin Smoke and his future going forward with the team? I think one way or the other you have Justin Smoke next season. I believe we have an option, and, yeah. and I don't care what the price is for that option. I'm taking it. I don't know how much you've looked through the depth chart or not, but first base is definitely, if you were going to pick a hole in the Blue Jays' Meyer League system, first base is where we're going to have a hole. Yeah, it's one of them. I think, I mean, I know Rowdy Telez is down there. He's been struggling a little bit, and I look, the only place I can find some first base uh, first base prospects are in high A with Casey Clemens in Dunedin. So, um, no, I agree. Smokey's been... Regressing through his career mean a little bit with a 234 uh, average. He's still walking a lot. He hasn't been striking out a lot, but I've I've enjoyed watching him play. He's another guy that I've gotten the chance to meet in person. And, uh, swell guy, really a gentle giant. Because <laughs> he was. I mean, I'm a pretty big dude. I'm about six feet, but he was hulking. He was <laughs> just towering over you. Even just, just, <laughs> just huge. Oh, but he well, really he's been great this year. Yeah. Yeah, so um, as far as the depth in the organization goes, as we get uh, Gidelio back out on the mound here to kick off inning number two, um, honestly, like you mentioned, Rowdy Telez has struggled, but he has finally figured something out, it appears, and it has been very interesting to watch him play for the Buffalo Bisons, but if you had to ask me who the best prospect is for a possible first base in the whole system right now at the high end, is probably Max Pentecost. That's interesting that you say that because I haven't I haven't heard a ton about him, um, and I know he sort of fell off the radar. But I'm 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 intrigued. I mean, he's had his injury problems. I think uh, his bat could swing in the majors right now. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy this season, and he's been uh, when I, a part of it. A lot of it is that he's actually catching for the first time full time this season right. too. So how much of his workload is actually paying attention to his hitting? But after watching this guy hit. On a, at a couple of different levels, I've seen him play with the Lugnuts, the Dedean Blue Jays, and the New Hampshire Fisher Cats last season. And 
his swing and everything has been dialed in and looking good the whole time. But like I said, just kind of where's the focus right now? Is he's trying to prove that he can be a catcher, and I think he really wants to be a catcher. But long term, I'm wondering if he's going to be able to keep his bat at a high end to be able to hit in the majors if he's playing catcher. I honestly think he's a first baseman long term. And even if he really wants to play catcher, and I agree with you completely on everything you just said, I think he'll get blocked at the catcher position. I know you're a huge fan of Danny Jansen, and I, I'm a, a rather big fan of Reese McGuire and his yep. defensive abilities behind the plate. There's not a lot of room uh, for catchers in the organization, especially when you think those two guys, probably Jansen the starter, McGuire the backup. Uh, the those are the future. catchers of the future, yeah. So you I got, mean, then you have, so you have Pentecost, what do you do with him? And like I said, he does have a good stick. Um, you got to put him somewhere. And um, while he was hurt and couldn't play catcher, he was playing a lot of DH in first base. Yeah, Maybe that's just where he you find his. And he was hitting well when he was doing first base and DHing. Yeah, the and only that's where he lands. The only thing is, and I I would love to see youth come up in that position because it seems first base has been an old man's position for so long. Oh yeah. But I, I, I think that might be a position for Troy Tulowitzki in the future. Not that there's anything confirmed from the team, but oh, yeah. that's that's what. Uh, somewhat of a consensus is if he can't stay healthy or Lord, he's been a story and a half yeah there is that whole fun thing I guess he is uh, rehabbing currently in Dunedin and he's supposed to be getting into a running program I think was the last news I heard but I hadn't heard anything since that it just it just seemed to be like first of all it's it's a month and it's going to be two months and then surgery and it just keeps going on and I, I I mean I heard somebody I was reading something the other day I don't remember where it was it, you know it's possible that Tulowitzki uh, could be back before Donaldson, um, but again, both of those stories are are absolutely terrible. It's it's disappointing because I was stoked when Tulo arrived. It really was, as many people were. Yeah, I was very. I, I've always loved Troy Tulowitzki as a Colorado Rocky, so having him all of a sudden as a Dean Blue Jay, uh, or as a Blue Jay, I mean not Dean Blue. Uh, <laughs> he has just. He's probably spent just as much time in Dunedin as he has in a Blue Jay uniform. He really has. I, I, that's not that much of a mistake, what you just said. It's, it's, it's just been awful. It's been terrible. Yeah. I, I actually just heard a good story uh, the other day about uh, Jason Level of Beejan, who apparently was a diehard Troy Tulowinski fan. And, Interesting. Uh, he was with the Lansing Lugnuts at the time when they were acquired him. Oh, uh, we got a big ride here off of Gabilio. <laughs> that, that was a moonshot. Yes. And just scraping the back of the wall, but plenty of high flying for uh, Grayson Griner. Yeah, that's that was that that was cry. I mean, it's it's one bad pitch. I need to see this again, but I believe it was. It looked a little high a, initially. Just a hanger, yeah. Well, that's okay. Look, if you if all you're doing is giving up solo home runs every so often, it, it could get a lot worse. Um, Gabilo's been really good at throwing strikes. Uh, he hasn't walked anybody, but. Oh, this swing is... It's a nice swing. It really that was. Is, he raked it around a, the pole, but... <laughs> that's a swing and a drive, as Buck would say. Uh, actually not, because it was for the Tigers. Sorry, it you were saying about like, Oh, it's a swing and a drive. <laughs> there, yeah, exactly. Very, very lulled. Very like, and that one's going to go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So anyway. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, Level Beejan, apparently they told him, you know, hey, they just traded, you know, apparently one of the guys that was a throw-in on the deal was with the Lugnuts. And uh, they're like, hey, we just acquired Troy Tulowinski, and everybody thought he was they were messing with him, you know, because they knew he was a Troy Tulowinski fan. He thought everybody was really? pulling the gag on him. <laughs> wow, that's great. I, I like to see the humor in that, and I've 
I mean, I have no trouble believing what you said earlier when we were talking about Love Labijian being uh, being a good guy because he seems when I when I watch video of him or um, I've, I saw a game in New Hampshire when he played, he just seems to, to really enjoy what he does. And I've been impressed with his numbers. I mean, I know he's being blocked at a variety of different positions, but I would really like to see him up in the bigs. Speaking of guys that could play first base, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's oh he's as versatile as they come. I mean, he's logged innings. I know definitely play a lot at second and third, but he could definitely play first. I mean, uh, it'd be good to see, especially since the Jays just, I mean, with Pierce on the way out, I know he wasn't necessarily part of their plans for the future, but he uh, he had some innings at first, a lot more last year. But yeah, he's on his, just got traded recently, which I was a little shocked at. I don't know uh, about your thoughts on the deal and the return, but I was a little bit, I was intrigued. Yeah, after doing some research and whatnot, and um, that story I mentioned actually came from where I uh, got most of my information from Sam Gabilio, which was from Jesse Goldberg-Strassler of the Lansing Lugnuts. Um, he does a show called Around the Nest on Twitter, uh, and it's all over Twitter. Feel free to follow his, uh, his uh, Twitter feed and make sure you catch his weekly show. But he actually had, funny enough, a former New, ha- New Hampshire Fisher Cats announcer who now does the Carolina League Red Sox. <laughs> you are. Oh, that's how that about new that? Santiago, Santiago uh, Yaziel. Uh, yeah, and um, he was on the show yesterday, and he was just talking, giving them like a scouting report. Apparently, he is a what I a prototypical shortstop, and just has a lot of various tools. But the thing he was surprised about this season is his uh, power has come through, and he's got seven home runs, I think. Yes, I was looking up everything, but. Um, yeah, uh, the, the doubles were the other thing that he was uh, very shocked about. And he's just been driving the gaps and playing solid defense. And in all reality, the guy he compared him to was somebody that Blue Jay fans are very familiar with and love, who, funny enough, just got waved by the Royals, Ryan Goins. Wow, that's interesting. I, I hadn't heard that comparison. Um, I did hear about the Goins being, I don't know if he was DFA'd or wavered or whatever, but... I know the fan base was very upset about that, given that he's a fan favorite. But I, I was, I was mainly surprised that they went out and got another middle infield prospect. <laughs> that was the shocking part. <laughs> they have so many of them. Yeah, we we were just talking about uh, minor league depth as uh, Kendris Morales steps in here to kick off the bottom of the second. Um, yeah, if you were looking at the system right now in general as the bird's eye view, right? Middle yeah. infield depth is the obscene. Craziness of uh, oh, it's it's a, it's a, I mean, Vladdy G. Well, he's on the left side, yeah. but Bo, uh, Biggio, Warmoth, Groshans, Smith. I'm just yeah. In all reality, one of the guys you just hit the last guy there that I'm most intrigued to learn to learn more about and see more of because I kind of jaw dropped when I was in my last recent trip to Lansing to see him right before he got promoted to the Deneen Blue Jays. Kevin Smith. As we oh, see I, uh, Kendris Morales take a, take a swing and a miss, uh, strike out. Kevin Smith yeah, is an obscene ball player, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he mixes in with Biggio and uh, Bo Bichette, because in all reality, I think that infield is going to stick. I really hope so. I mean, oh, that's a drive. Um, oh, that's at the track. I thought that I had a chance to get out, but then again, I have a terrible depth perception. But um, <laughs> Smith sort of came out of nowhere. Um I was interested in reading, and I've been reading some about him as well, but yeah, he just seems to join the ranks. I I think the front office is just being very generous, and they're putting a lot of prospect capital in one particular position, 
Um, and if one of the guys doesn't work out, as you know, it's completely possible that Warmoth or Groshans just doesn't go anywhere because the draft in baseball is uh, it's incredibly unpredictable. Um, 100% unpredictable. And so maybe I'll if you're looking to trade. Those seem to be the key positions that everybody's looking to build around, at least for the middle infield, right? You know, that you, you work up the middle, and then you build out, right? And you're building a team. So having a couple extra good shortstops and second baseman, if that's what the best thing you could draft, perfect, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think, oh, we're ending the second. I, I mean, I think a lot of people a seem to think that once... That once a, once a prospect is in an organization, that prospect is there for the remainder of his career. It's completely possible that the front office flips some of these guys for other controllable players. Um, I mean, we see minor league deals go down all the time, exchanging prospects for prospects. I would like to see one of the middle infielders get dealt for some pitching because, as I'm sure we'll elaborate on later, they, they, they really don't have a lot of uh, pitching depth. They have some, as we've seen Harris's promotion this week. But yeah, they've been really lacking in that department. But I just... I can't wait to see. I have faith in them. I really do, and I, uh, I honestly, this is what we were kind of talking about a little bit before the show, as uh, we just had like the world's quickest inning in baseball. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not even talking just the second half. The first part of that, the home run was the only thing that slowed that whole inning down. Gabilio was rolling until that home run. Um, but this front office might not have been top heavy with free agents and everything, but you know, the man behind the curtain. Ross Atkins and, <laughs> and Shapiro have been collecting this wealth of minor league talent. Um, I think the most recent rankings I saw for minor league systems, the Blue Jays have been always in the top ten, but I think they're number nine in all of baseball. And that's pretty impressive when you talk about what the Braves have been doing and some of these other teams, the White Sox, that have been just for years raking in talent. Blue Jays haven't been bad. They've been mediocre the last two years and fresh off of two playoff performances, that's a very, very quick timetable to be turning around a whole minor league system, which was allegedly empty, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm blown away by what they've been able to do, and it's it's all about stockpiling, right? They just, if they have assets that they think that they can get rid of for some decent return, they'll do it, and they'll get as much as they can. Yeah, and I, I think, as you mentioned, the Braves and the White Sox, we're seeing some of those prospects leaving the minor league systems, especially in the Braves, and we saw in their recent uh, recent visit to Toronto, they have a lot of their guys that are now on the major league squad. So those farm systems are going to become weaker and weaker as the years go on. And the Jays are only going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So I, I'm super stoked. I really, I really can't wait to see what these guys can do. Yeah, and um, this might be a good a good time as any to talk about this as. Um Gavilio gets uh, ball one to kick off the top of third. Um, I just actually a uh, Texan Adam Corsair off of the offline here, and he's going to be posting this article today or tomorrow morning. I just submitted what 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 is your your 2019 Toronto Blue Jays? Who would be the opening day roster if nothing changed right now, right? And let me just list off what I deem to be, quote-unquote, the best lineup I could possibly put together with the pieces that are major league ready and what we know we're going to have in the cupboard if nobody gets trading as we get a single in the middle. Check out the starting rotation, Hayden. Yes. Assuming we keep getting Stroman healthy like we have been, and he's been looking really good the last few games, right? Yeah. So you'll have Stroman anchor in the rotation followed by Sanchez. 
Yeah. Just saw what Ryan Barucki is capable of and uh, what I'm going to call the first changing of the guard move that the Blue Jays did, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, for, for sure. He is going to be starting again on Monday, from all accounts, because Sanchez is not ready to go yet, from what I've been reading. And honestly, after that performance against the reigning World Series champs, he better be getting a second start. <laughs> oh, he did. He did amazing. I mean, I was I heard some stuff on Twitter, and I promise I'll continue, but just they were really setting him up for failure in that, putting him up against the Astros, but he really held his own. I mean, Iowa, the poise that he showed on the mound was fantastic, so I'm looking forward to his next start. Yeah, and um, like I saw a couple of his outings last season in his historic rise through the system, just like his yes. part, Danny Jansen, right? Um, he's healthy, finally, and he had some really big issues early in his career with Tommy John surgery, and the Blue Jays drafted him knowing that he had a potential elbow problem. And they just kept the faith in him, and honestly, he's one of the best guys I've ever met. He's a very fun guy to be around, so I can only imagine he's one of the characters in the dugout already. <laughs> so. That's great. I, I, it, it seemed that way. I mean, when they were talking about him, when Gibby was talking about him, I mean, Gibby had, had a lot of great things to say about him, and I was uh, really great. They talked about his dad and his minor league history with the Phillies. It's a great story. Very and great I, story. I think he's. Uh, I think he's one of the only one or two guys on the twenty-five man right now that this front office does not trade. Um, just and because I don't think of his ability to trade pitching, the way no, they have right now, unless it's really low end as a throw-in guy, like you know somebody down at the Dunedin level or something. I uh, like a pot sweeter. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I. They can't afford to trade pitching, especially given that they only have about four or five good, air quote, good pitching prospects. But yeah. So, continuing through what I deemed my five-man rotation for opening day next year, like I said, if nothing changes, don't freak out, everybody. That's what <laughs> <laughs> this is an as-is Blue Jays system right now. This isn't even taking the uh, Santiago uh, Espinal move yesterday yep. into account, but I think he's too far away to even be in this conversation. So, Stroman, Sanchez, Baraki, and then the resurgent Sean Reed Foley. Yes. I... Four. And then Chris yeah, I mean, Rowley, I think, is finally due for another shot. Yeah, Rowley had had really limited action. I mean, it always, it, I don't want to say it pains me, but it, it's always a little bit disappointing to me how these guys get so little chance, especially Rowley, I know, is a fantastic um, story. Uh, a graduate of the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York. He only pitched 18 innings in the bigs with the Jays last year. Um, and as you mentioned, Sean Reed Foley, I know he got knocked around in his first start in Buffalo, but yeah. The resurgence. Oh, absolutely. And that's another. That's a deep drive. That's That'll get out as well. Probably out of here as well. That's okay. same same spot uh, as Hicks's shot last inning, and that is. That's disappointing. He just has uh, Gavilio today. We've seen, especially on those two hitters, uh, just is having a little bit of trouble finishing off guys. Yeah, because he had another two strikes on him on that, and then he popped did. over the wall. So, oh boy. Um, it is what it is, as Nick Castellanos is, yeah, that good, and he's been a pro. Oh, he's had a, great, he's had a great year, yeah. So not not to say that it's okay, but again, one of these, uh, that got down a little bit, but stayed, still stayed up in the, the middle of the plate. I, I would like to see. I would like to hear what your what your infield looks like as we just finished up the starting rotation. Yeah, why don't we do that next? Um, so... And this is where I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so we already talked. I got to keep Justin Smoke. So yeah. you keep Justin Smoke. The rest of my infield, I'm keeping Devin Travis. Okay. And to me, he's finally shown that he's healthy for this season. He's definitely been doing a lot better. And since he has come out, 
from his injury, like Randall Grychuk, he's been solid. Um, definitely been a lot more productive. So I'm ready to at least give him another shot to start opening day as a Toronto Blue Jay. Um, and I don't think anybody's going to be trading for Devin Travis at the end of the season anyways, or right now at the trade deadline. So, you know, I, I, think, I think I was one of the ones... I was very dismissive of his success because I said, oh, it's just going to be another year where he's going to fizzle out or he'll get hurt. But yeah, he's been good this year. And look, he's a controllable talent. I think he's a good ball player fundamentally. I love he grinds uh, everything out. You, know, there's no, you don't get any giveaways with him. You know? No, no. And he's been, I mean, and he's he had his... He records the third out of the inning. <laughs> yeah, he's had, he's had his slight issues defensively this year, but overall he has the potential to be a very solid player. I don't, I don't know if, if everyone is sort of... Um, completely in agreement with you. I would argue that Biggio has a chance to come up and play second next year, but I, I completely understand where you're coming yeah, from with I that. I had him as on one of my on-the-cusp guys on my list here. Yeah, yeah he's... Start the season in AAA. More or less, I have him and Biggio, or him and Bichette actually moving and staying in, in uh, Buffalo to start the season. That doesn't mean they're going to be there long. I no, just, absolutely not. The way I see it, I'm not... Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has proven to me that he can be a shortstop every day playing with the Buffalo Bisons, and I want him to get another shot. I really hope that in the midst of whatever goes on the rest of this season, they actually do give him a serious shot and let him run with it. Because his ceiling, I, right now I think he's on par with Lesmus Diaz. Is my Interesting. Problem. Interesting. And I just think his ceiling is that much better. His brothers even say it, that out of the Gurriels, he is the best one. <laughs> I have I have heard that. And the other thing... For everyone who's listening right now who might not know this, Guriel's contract is is signed for seven years. I believe it was the day before, the day after that they signed Kendrys Morales. Yep. His the clock is ticking. I mean, they have another after it's this year they'll, they'll have contract. five years. But yeah, it's a major league contract. I mean, it's not it's not a service time issue. So I don't think there's anything stopping the front office from bringing Lourdes Guriel Jr. up and playing every day. So I I completely agree with that. Unless. I mean, the only guy that I would argue that could play shortstop every day next year is is possibly Tulowitzki, but I don't... I'm not ready to give him that job back full-time yet. Unless yeah, yeah. It, it, it really, well, and it's more or less because I, I don't even know. I have him on my bench right now on this list, and that's because I haven't seen him play this year. I can't give him a starting job. <laughs> that was my, yeah. my philosophy on it. Because no, there, there is nothing guaranteed that he's even going to play this year. Um, I do conf- I have very good confidence that he is going to play in August for the Blue Jays. At least that's my personal opinion. Um, I hope so. We'll I hope so. So, to, and then of course, I don't even know if I even need to mention this. I'm pretty sure you probably know who I'm playing at third. Yeah, it is absolutely 100%. Josh, no, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> absolutely, of course. I mean, he he has to get that job. Yeah, and I just don't know how you don't give it to him. He is going to finish the season in Buffalo this year once he gets back and healthy and. From what I read this morning, he's taking cuts, so he's coming back slowly. Good sign. So, Good sign. And then I had Danny Jansen actually taking the everyday catching role. I hope he does. He's been he's been. Unbu- I mean, I know you've gotten the chance to. I believe you wrote a story about it on Jay's Journal. I did. Um, but he has been unbelievable, and I've heard he's a fantastic defensive catcher as well. And has some some very good abilities behind the plate. But you've seen him firsthand, so yeah. He uh, his his defensive prowess honestly is a hundred percent looked over because of how good he is with the lumber. Interesting. And it's he. He's not going to probably wow you and be the best defensive catcher in the world, but he's definitely not going to be anything worse than like a Brian McCann or anything <laughs> like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like an average good yeah. catcher. And honestly, I think his character will allow him to be a great 
handler of pitchers, period. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I've seen this a lot over the last couple of years. There's been a real separation in catchers' abilities. You either are a defensive catcher or you are an offensive catcher. Um, yeah, it's a I split. Mean, it's like Mike it's, Piazza it's, or Ivan Rodriguez. <laughs> exactly. So we get a deep drive, and that one's going to be caught. But, yeah, I, I really would like to see a guy like him come up and have the potential to win a gold glove sometime in the future and also be a really great game caller and a really good framer. So I, I completely agree with that. And it's just been such a turnaround for Jansen, and I know that's probably why a lot of people are caught up in the loop like this. I, I saw this coming a little bit, and I was one of those guys that I was like, eh, you know, for a couple of years there while he was in Lansing and Dunedin and whatnot, that I was like, how is he not putting this together? What's the catch? Yeah. And it's amazing what a good pair of specs will do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. See the ball. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it didn't work for Morales, but it's been working for him. Yeah, there was clearly something that he was not seeing. And uh, as a kid, I had this problem, too, and I found out I'm blind as a bat. You don't see the laces <laughs> on the ball. It's kind of hard to tell which way it's going to go. And, yes, everything's happening in a split second. You're relying on your reflexes in baseball more than anything. Um, it's amazing that he just came into the Arizona Fall League in 2016 and just basically blitzed that, bat almost 300 throughout that tournament. And then continue to run through that through his 2017. And Absolutely, it was an incredible outing, and he only got better as the challenges got harder. And right now, just to put this all in perspective, this season he is a International League All Star with Jason Lovelabijan from the Buffalo Bisons, and he's batting just one point under 300 right now. And yes, he's battling a little bit of a. I guess he got hit in the hand the other day. He's fine. Don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> as we get another out here. Um, but he, he, the offensive numbers are there, and he's just—he's got 39 RBIs. He's hit, scoring 30 runs. He's <laughs> hit 17 doubles. He's only got five home runs, but yeah, but that, that's also in a ballpark that plays a lot differently than the Rogers Center would. And yeah, honestly, I think a I think lot. His gap to gap hitting is going to allow him just to run with everything on the carpet in the Rogers Center. Oh, yeah, and a lot of fans that I speak to on a regular basis are really, I mean, they think he's breaking down the door. And I understand why. Look, Martin's been struggling a lot. Um, Maley, who's actually standing on first right now, has been doing okay in the meantime. But, yeah, I, I'm really excited. He's, he's one of my, I think he might be one of my top three guys that I'm excited to see next year. Yeah. Um, especially with the young pitching staff, as you mentioned. He'll have some Buffalo teammates there. Uh, yeah. Barucki, Reed, Foley, and Rowley at times, so. Yeah, and like I said, that's my rotation. If nothing changes, because in all reality, I think we're kind of silly if we don't try to get Jay Hab back. Having that veteran presence back in that rotation changes the dynamic in those five that I changed a little bit. You got Raleigh as kind of like a swing guy that could be an extra inning guy in the bullpen, or do that spot start for you instead of giving him a full time job, or he's ready to go when somebody is hurt. Yeah, no, I, I know we haven't spoken about that as much. But, yeah, I completely agree. I want to see Jay Happ back in a Jays uniform. I'm a big fan of his. Um, it's really difficult for me to say trade him because I know that's the right thing to do at this point because uh, they could get a lot for him. But, yeah, I really do want to – I think I believe it was Chris who talked about this. He was saying, yeah, trade him and then sign him back. I'll let New York Yankees and enroll as Chapman. Yep. I mean, get all you can and, and talk to him about it. And I, I completely agree. If they can have a better presence with him, that would be – That'd be outstanding. Yeah, with Happ at the point he is in his career, you know he wants to win. And we've oh. seen this with players over and over again. And that's the biggest reason that we lost Roy Holiday to the Phillies way back when. And 
Yeah, it's just that's how it is. He wants to win a World Series, and he actually has a chance with some of these guys that are actually knocking on the door asking for him. And the Yankees, the Phillies, um, the Mariners. I heard the other one, I think, too. And those are all places that well, two of those places he's already played at. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, it's funny to think. Yeah, he has bounced around. I I forget sometimes when we think of him. I mean, this is his second stint in Toronto, but he has bounced around quite a bit. Enough, um, right? And, uh, but in all reality, he's been one of those guys, just like a you know a good wine. You know, he's fine. He's gotten better as he's gotten older. You know, I remember him being a very raw talent in the uh, Phillies uniform and just couldn't really ever put it all together. And then you know he went to Houston and then bounced around a little bit. At first stint with Toronto, honestly, I was afraid to watch him pitch. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you felt the same way, but I remember signed the contract the three Jays. I was. What outrage! Uh, I said, with a proven talent, that you go with 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 this guy. I mean, obviously, he's made me eat my words ten times over. Uh, but yeah, it's been an interesting career for him, and he's, uh, from what I understand, one of the nicest guys in the clubhouse. And the way he he behaves himself on the mound is just—it's something to watch. He's just as cool as a cucumber out there all the time. And it's 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 great to see. I it's gonna it's gonna make me sad to see him go. Uh, just like some other guys, I was a little sad to see Pierce go, uh, Randy go. But I, I know it's for the better, better for this team. Yeah, and some of those moves are unfortunately we're just gonna happen with time anyway. Like you mentioned, Grandy is just as much as I like seeing him in this lineup. I I couldn't include him on this lineup card that I was piecing together. I just don't. Oh no, not a chance. Yeah, and it's. Even if you get him back as cheap as that deal, you know you're not you're you're blocking guys like Alford and some of these other guys that are so high end and getting close to being ready. That even if they were in a backup role, is uh, not quite going to cut it. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I, I you can only have so many you can only have so many places on your bench reserved for the veteran presence, right? Um, if Tulo is going to be that guy, yeah, I completely agree with with letting those guys go. I do want to hear your outfield now. Actually, you yeah, mentioned this, Alfred. Let me roll through the rest of this, and uh, yeah, let's you'll see it. what you uh, think here um, as we get another out here to Teoscar Hernandez, who actually I have in that exact same spot. And pretty much the lineup for the outfield we have out there right now, I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, my only one question that I have is, do I want to keep Teoscar Hernandez as an everyday left fielder? Or do I want to platoon him with maybe Anthony Alford and let him DH a few days a week? Yeah, I mean, I... Because I, 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 right now I have you, Alford as a uh, like fourth to... outfielder. It's, it's interesting you said, because I would actually go with... I don't know. I mean, I really like to see I'm a massive fan of Dwight Smith Jr., who, who is also sort of uh, knocking on the door and has had limited success in his limited appearances. But yeah, it's a complicated situation, because Pilar is... His bat's been down lately. Um, but I season form of Kevin Pillar. You know how um, Adam and I talk about this on the show, um, rather often actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, how you get the flash in the pan of him crushing the ball to start the season, and you usually get him a barely above war replacement for the second half of the season, other than his defense. Yeah, it's it's a puzzling situation. I know. I mean, I I'm all for letting him stay out there for the remainder of his contract. I've heard uh, people suggest they should trade him and see what they can get, um, but I definitely agree with that outfield. And Alfred, I've liked what I've seen so far in him. I want to see him get a little bit more, because it seemed like he didn't really have that much of a shot when he came up. Yeah, and um, in all reality, he's been fighting 
injuries this season as well. So how much is honestly? I'm not even looking at his numbers right now on uh, the Bison's website. As we get another deep fly ball here to Kevin Pilar as he tracks it down, camps up, and got it. So, but um, he's just got so much talent, and he's a pure athlete. And to me, he is a solid fielder right now. So if you get him a chance where he can actually get his bat going, it's gonna happen. Give him low stress, put him in the bottom of the lineup, let him play left field so he doesn't have to be the center fielder, which he isn't doing right now because Roman Fields for the Buffalo Bisons is just insane, and I wish I had a place to put him in this lineup because he's in the igniter at the top of the Bisons lineup. Right, and, and what you mentioned about Alfred at the bottom of the lineup, I mean, it's it, he's not going... If, if they go forward with the lineup that you're suggesting, which I would almost completely agree with, um, he's not a major offensive force in that lineup. You mentioned... Vlad, Smoke, Jansen, uh, Grichuk, if he still hits. I mean, yep. Anthony Alfred is not going to be asked to be a prime offensive force. So, if, yeah, if he sits 7-8th and can, can steal some bags and get on base at a decent rate. I like the tool. Yeah, he's, that's a perfect lineup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a great through. athlete. He's a former football player. Yep. He's fantastic. So, then the rest of my, as you know already, I got Tulo and Alfred on the bench. I got Elesmus Diaz and Salarte and Martin because I just don't have anywhere to put Martin. <laughs> and I figure one way or the other, if he can play a few positions here and there during the week along with catch, there you go. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I've, I've been disappointed with Martin, as I'm sure anybody in my household who constantly hear me, hears me complaining about him will tell you. Uh, but I've been disappointed with him. I, I, I love the rest of the bench. I, I love Solarte. I've liked what I've seen from Diaz so far. Um, Solarte, the main thing is the versatility. But yeah, if he can catch every so often and be a bench bat, they have to have it. They have his contract. I don't think anyone's going to take his contract right now. So yeah, I think they're stuck with him, and that's that's not bad. Uh, do you have a bullpen there? Bullpen, I do. And I would like to know, the guy that's on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays right now, I have penciled in as a fifth starter slash bullpen arm. As in no San one's going to argue with him. Yeah, no one's going to argue in the bullpen, and then I just I have to have him on this roster. He's pitched too well, <laughs> as we've been talking about, to not be on the roster, I don't think, next season. There's no reason they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, he has, look, he's, he's been under a lot of stress. They've asked him to do quite a lot, to be a regular starter against tough American League opponents, but I don't think anyone's going to argue with, with you when they said, yeah, he'll be your long man, and, and if he needs a spot start, he can do that, as he's yep. shown, as we've gets out of the fourth here. Yeah. So, yeah, outside those two home runs, he's been very well. Our he's been pretty good. So making making a couple mistake pitches again, we can say, oh, he's you know great except for these two hitters. But yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. But yeah, if you're shopping for a fifth starter, it, they got one. Yeah, this guy is fitting that mold 100. percent He's ERA's on the low side, and um, usually, if you're looking at what I would have to look the stat up, but I can imagine if I was looking at Major League Baseball in general for what the fifth starters are doing, I think he's well above average. Right now. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, coming in, I just look at his ERA right now, which sits at 4.23, because he's had a little bit of a rough afternoon so far. Yeah, but coming into it, he was at 3.8 or 3.9. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely way above average for what fifth starters are doing. And what you look at the uh, guy we actually hired to do the job for our uh, fifth starter, who you probably noticed that I didn't even include on here, even though we have him next season. Is yeah, he'll... Garcia. Yeah, there's no... I, uh, that's that's just it. That's a sigh because I really wanted him to do well, and I was very excited about the signing when it happened because um, I thought he fit he fit the mold perfectly for a fifth starter because yep. he'd been doing that in St. Louis. He did that in what is it, with Twins, Yankees, and 
where do you start off with? St. Louis, I guess, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed. I was very disappointed with that. But it happens. It happens. I mean, bad what deals, they, they bad deals happen. No, no, not at all. So, f- rounding out the rest of my bullpen, I have two lefties, Tim Meza, Matt Darmody. Yep. Danny Barnes, San Juan O, I actually had lingering, didn't get traded. Interesting. Uh, Ryan Tapera and then Roberto Osuna, who we have already heard all the wonderful news that he is going to be the Blue Jays' closer. Yeah, I'm, I, he returns. I'm not going to go too much, too much into that. I'll just say that I was I was rather shocked to hear I was that. <laughs> I I could not believe that 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 that, uh, that Atkins would say that. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Roberto Osuna is a fantastically talented pitcher. Um, but yeah, no, I was. I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe that when that happened. But the rest of the bullpen, I agree with. I think if the bullpen's going to get a completely new look, I'm a massive fan of Sanguano. So to pick up his options is yep. completely plausible for me, unless they find a really good trade partner for him. Yeah, and uh, uh, the one guy you might notice that I didn't include in that is Aaron Loop. And yeah, I, I was thinking that, um, I'm starting to get to the point where I think Darmody and Mays are interchangeable, and I honestly would not be shocked if Aaron Loop is part of a throw-in at this trade deadline. It's definitely possible. I know. Yeah, no, I know a lot of fans that I speak to are getting a little bit mad. But look, Loop hasn't been fantastic. He hasn't been terrible. But yeah, I mean, he had one good season, and that warranted keeping him around in this rotate, uh, not rotation, the bullpen rather, for a while. Um, So yeah, I I definitely agree that I think it's time for him to to head out or maybe to get to get traded. I don't know how much trade value he has right now. But as you said, I think a throw in is a is a yeah. Potential spot for him it to be in. It would shock me if you did trade, um, you know, trade Hap, for example, that he's just the extra guy to level out salary or something for us getting a prospect back in return. Yeah. Something I along mean, those lines. Yeah, or even, uh, I mean, even Clippert or Axford, uh, who else knows he didn't, didn't include, which I'm guessing are going to be part of a, of a deadline trade. Um, but yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting interesting landscape for the bullpen next year. I can't wait to see them sell off some of their guys because they do have some valuable pieces they can trade off for for prospect capital. And honestly, um, you know, we were talking about the depth at first baseman earlier, but uh, I when I put pieces together, that was the one spot that I was a little hesitant on filling out a lot of these guys because they're almost interchangeable for the bullpen pieces. And the other guy I had reporting down to the minor leagues was Joe, Joe Biagini because he hasn't proven to me that he can stick with his team this year. No, not one bit. I, I was, I was a little bit out for Teoscar Hernandez. I and he was frustrated on that one, as as are we. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got, got a lot of power and he has a good stick, but he just. <sighs> that's it. That's all. That's all I can say. A little bit. Another was a little ahead of it. <laughs> Yeah, another good pitch. Uh, but, well, it stayed a little center cut, but he was a little bit frustrated with that. Definitely. Boy, has Boyd looked good today. Yeah, well, he's got enough. Yeah. Was, the Blue Jays are still searching for their first hit, my friend. <laughs> really? Wow. I mean, I, I... You know what? We're going to we're gonna start saying no-hitter if he keeps this up for the next inning. We're going to try and jinx it. But it's... <laughs> they just got nothing. They A lot of weak contact. It's uh, interesting. Let's see what we can get from, from Solarte here. But yeah, what you said about what you said about bullpen arms, the, the interchangeability and the volatility of bullpen arms, I, I never deny that. I mean, you'll probably remember a few years ago, there was a guy who was an all-star in the bullpen for this team, and his name was Steve Delabar, and now does not have a job. Yeah, Loop was at one point fantastic. There were guys that have one good year. 
an obvious choice to stay in the pen, but he's not had a great year uh, so far, even though he was great last year. So you never know. You sort of just have to ride the hot hand, and that's what I think this team is doing right now. And that's uh, honestly where I was kind of thinking that this bullpen is going to continue to ride. And if I'm looking at how I can improve this team, it's whenever Slarte takes a walk, our second base runner of the game. <laughs> Who would have thought it would have been Boyd? I mean, he's looked good. Kudos to him. I mean, he's been fooling him. I was very impressed with him when he was in the Blue Jays minor league system. But um, as far as if you were going to tell me he was going to be the most successful out of that trade we had for David Price, I would have told you you're fooling. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, Norris was Norris was a stud when he yeah. was coming up. Um, and he had very limited – did he ever pitch? He pitched a little bit with the Jays, I think. A little bit to open up that season, actually. And so, um, he had the dead arm period that he fought through was the catch. Yeah. He since, unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer uh, shortly after being acquired from the Tigers. I think he's better, or if not, sort of rehabbing. Yeah, they, uh, uh, he had thyroid cancer, if I recall right, and um, had being the key word in that sentence. Um, from everything yeah. I've read, that he's been fine. He's just having all sorts of other, anything you can possibly think of under the sun as we get a fall ball from Morales has been otherwise wrong with his health. And hasn't been able to stay consistently. It's unfortunate. Because, I mean, although part of me wants to say that the Jays won that trade, especially with a young guy like that, who I know we all saw the, the, yeah. the story of him. He lived in his van and all this stuff. Uh, I wanted to see him do well. Unfortunately, it just hasn't been put together. But, again, as it happens, you never know with prospects, especially pitching prospects. You just never know what you're going to get. Yep, and um, yeah, and that, as we were talking about, we've been talking a lot about prospects and stuff in this show. If you are, um, the big rumors are that obviously the Jay Haps, and obviously we just did close the Steve Pierce deal. Do you think Jay Happ is the next domino to fall, Hayden, or do you think there's somebody else here that might be, who's your next to be traded? You know what, Craig, I think that's a fantastic question. If I had a crystal ball, I would, I would look into it for that one, but I, I think Curtis Granderson will be next. Um, that's, that's just a very good pick because of the uh, flexibility in his contract. Yeah, I mean, look, he he's, he seems to me to be the perfect candidate for a midseason deal. He's doing well. I mean, I, I was surprised when I look at his stats, even though his average is down um, a little bit. He's doing pretty well. Um, but, yeah, he's got a cheap contract. He's a veteran presence. I'm just looking at you know his stats here. He's hitting 251, but his OBP is 361. He's been walking a lot. Um, he's been pretty good defensively. He would be my next domino to fall. I, I think it's difficult, actually. Yeah, who are you picking as your next guy to go? Honestly, I'm still, I, as much as I love Kevin Pillar, I just see a lot of teams that might want somebody as talented as him, as him in their outfield. And if you're looking at somebody that can net the Blue Jays a surprise return, if you were going to sell on Kevin Pillar, you're selling now on his high note, right? Interesting. Yeah, I, I he's controllable, and that's a big thing for a lot of teams. But I could, I mean, I'm just looking at the stats uh, right here. Got 284 OBP. Oh, he just. <laughs> I mean, I know I know Keegan Matheson on Twitter, who I'm a massive fan of, does this Kevin Pillar walk watch. Uh, <laughs> we'll just tweet out something every time Kevin Pillar walks. He has 14 this year compared to 61 strikeouts in 324 <laughs> plate appearances. <laughs> And just it's to put that in perspective, he had only 33 blocks all last season. He's, um, he 
he's had his struggles with the plate, and it could be forgiven if his defense was as as outstanding as it's been in the past. But it really hasn't. He's had a little bit of trouble in the field. He's still been he hasn't quite been Superman, although the Blue Jays Twitter account certainly wants to make us believe that he is. Uh, as Smokey comes up in a full count, he's gonna pop that one up on the infield. That'll be it for the Jays. They threaten. Still no hits. Still none. Zippo nada. Still no, still no hits. Wouldn't it be funny if we were doing... We just picked this this game to do a live show and we get a part of history. It's only into the fourth. Just, I'm still... But you're, just, you're trying to jinx it. We get it. I'm trying to jinx it. Oh, the, the, the guys on Twitter do it all the time. They'll yeah. say, don't jinx it. No hitter, no hitter, no hitter. It's, it's fantastic. Um, really, in all honesty, Greg, with, with what we were just talking about, the next domino to fall, I just... I think it's going to be soon. Yep. Regardless of who it is, I think it's coming this week, if not sooner. Um, we'll yeah, see. I, I personally don't see Jay Happ getting traded until probably the day of the deadline as far as pieces really? of okay. the Jays to fall. I just honestly think there's going to be a mad dash for pitchers, and he might not be the biggest name on the available pitchers list for trades, but I honestly think he's definitely been the most consistent, if not best, actually. Uh, the big name, obviously, is Cole Hamels lately. <laughs> but, you know, I honestly think that his former teammate, Jay Happ, has actually been pitching a lot better than him. Yeah, I, I it's interesting because I, I've heard this being talked about quite a bit. And I do agree with you that I think they wait until almost the end, almost the buzzer to yeah. trade him. Uh, if they do wait that long, I think they're going to be competing with some other great pitchers. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, possibly Noah Syndergaard, Cole Hamels to a lesser extent, as you mentioned. But I, I, I would like to see them trade him sooner to sort of out, outspeed the market in a way. But it's a complicated situation because they want to make sure they're getting as much as they can for him. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not easy. I don't to know do. if uh, the DeGroms and the Syndergaards are actually going to get traded. I just think the asking price from the Mets is just—you've already had the Yankees go. Nope, that's too much. See ya. <laughs> yeah, as it should be. I mean, the asking price should be high. These are these are bona fide major league starters with years of control. But you can find flaws in that Syndergaard has been hurt the last couple of years. If I had the choice right now between him or DeGrom, I'm picking DeGrom all day. Oh, DeGrom's one of the best pitchers in the National League, possibly in all of baseball, in the last little while. Really, um, it's complicated. I mean, you know, we think that, that as uh, analysts and fans of the Toronto Blue Jays, we have a tough situation. Uh, the folks in the Mets organization have a tough, tough situation on their hands and, and decided to trade those guys. But that's that's my only thought about the half trade is that if it happens, I hope that they don't interfere with uh, a possible Mets starting pitcher trade. Hamels, I don't think they have to worry about because yeah. I think he's uh, Scavillo gets a little roller here. Yep. As we are out number one here in the top of the fifth, uh, Sam Gavillo outside of more or less two swings has been pretty good in the start. He had him pretty good, and uh, oh, we see this lovely graphic about his ERA going up. Part of that has been his opponents. He faced the Angels, who are a rather good-hitting ball club. I, I just want to see him get back and, uh, and shut down. I want him to get his offense back out on the field. I want them to get some hits. <laughs> the key thing, this no-hit thing needs to end. If, uh, we're going to get back into this game one way or the other. As Alendis Diaz makes a nice sweeping grab. And throws him out at first base. What an out for him. I, uh, he is looking very good defensively one way or the other for this ball club. He is. And the scouting report that I read on him at the beginning of the season when they did, oh, it looks like Tigers might take a look at this, when the Jays acquired him, is that he's a defensive liability. And all we've seen this year is solid defense. Yeah, watching that replay on that, that was uh, 
kind of poetry in motion right there as he dies. Awesome. And it was only he almost had that uh, use the spin and fall. <laughs> yeah, it was as his step and st- instead of his step to throw. Beautiful even, play. You know, he, that spin was what really took the momentum to first base and. That you got to know your body and how you can defend to be able to do that kind of a move and get that pivot to be able to. First off, I even to get halfway to his feet on that was impressive. Yeah, no, well, well done by him. And as we uh, say that, Tigers aren't going to challenge it. As we mentioned with Gavilio getting back here, um, he's only pitched fifty-eight pitches, and he's got two outs in the fifth. So you solid. are, co- yeah, you are completely correct and say outside of those two hitters. He's mowed him down, and they were two pitches almost in the exact same spot, hit to almost the exact same spot of the lineup. This Tiger center fielder gets some cuts, but yeah, I, I relatively impressed. Some good swing and miss action on his breaking ball, and the bullpen's been struggling lately, so I hope that he can give him some innings, and he looks like he's has a chance to do that. Yeah, and um, that's exactly the nail right there. Somebody needed it. <laughs> Somebody's got to get this team some innings. Um, and we, they just, they're just overworked. We did get a nice outing from Marcus Stroman yesterday as Gavilio records the strikeout to punch out the inning here. And Fantastic. Beautiful pitch. Got him dancing outside of the zone. But that is the big thing right there is just trying to get somebody to eat up some innings, and that's been the big problem. This bullpen started off the season as one of the best bullpens in baseball. But when you're withering it away with a horrible pitching staff outside of Jay Happ, <laughs> yeah, what I mean, people have been talking about that. I mean, I was I was watching Clippard Axford and O like a hawk, just being like, "This is unreal. These guys have ERAs under one point five. But yeah, you know, these guys had had twenty. Yeah, kind of a lot. A lot, and especially with guys like Clippard Axford and O who are who are in their mid to late thirties, that's not going to last. No, um, and um, O's right now is uh, O's been only getting better. I think as the season, outside that one little uh, blip on the radar the other day, um, but the, Tyler Clippard's always going to get hurt by the lawn ball. Um, I honestly wouldn't mind seeing John Axford brought back into the forum here a little bit as that veteran arm around all these young guys, but um, they're a replacement level guys, like we were talking about before. These guys were thrown in last minute. Trade pieces, or not trade pieces, but um, minor league bargain deals, bin, yeah. basically on minor league deals. There's no such thing as a bad minor league deal. No, but in all reality, you usually don't see them even stick to this extent. No, I mean they've they've done spectacularly, but yeah, they. I, I would like to see Axford back, but it is interesting how well they've done. Uh, o is a little, again, a little bit less than a bargain bin because I actually did sign him to a major league contract. Um, and as I'm checking the the, the tweet feed here. Uh, four and a half innings in exactly one hour. It has been a quick ball game. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the clock ticking on our live here as we uh, have all you wonderful listeners hopefully enjoying your Canada Day weekend. Um, an hour and two minutes and 25 seconds and ticking is how long it's we've been in the air. Incredibly quick, fast. Quick, quick game. And two starters, uh, younger guys who obviously came up working a little bit quicker. And Let's see what our... Let's see what the boys in blue can do against Mr. Cy Young here. Yeah, <laughs> it's what it's looking like at this point. Okay, credit gotta... credit credit to him. He's pitched a he's pitched a really good game so far, and uh, well, the man of the hour who seems to be among a lot of conversations and various things, uh, a man with a beard that I really would hope to replicate, but unfortunately <laughs> can't. It's Kevin Pillar, 
And yeah, uh, I, I'm hoping you're not planning on replicating that swing that we just saw. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I I've always considered myself to be one of the worst baseball players in the history of the world. <laughs> so that's why I stick to writing and analyzing. So I think if I could do that swing, it would actually be an improvement for me. But no, it's like the high school gym coach thing, right? If, if you can't do it, teach. You can't do it, teach. Uh, and get a ride teach. here from actually from Kevin Pillar down the left field line, and it is. Uh, missed on the catch and pops into the left field bleachers. So a double. we will have a hit. We actually are on the board. We have a hit and uh, a decent looking swing there by Pilar. He has gap to gap. He has the ability to hit the ball to all fields. We've just seen him fall off a little bit in that regard. Correct. And in all reality, last I checked, I wanted to say he was uh, pretty highly ranked on that doubles list. Oh yeah, he was. I, I knew he was first in baseball at a, at, at one time. Yeah, I'm um, seeing if I can pull it up right now. But uh, that was his 25th double of the season, everybody. And like I said, just kind of insane. I always watching him play in the minor leagues. Always consistently batted 300, and it was one of those things I was shocked didn't transfer as quickly as it has, or even to his extent. Because he's played very well, I think, throughout his major league career. But it's just been one of those things. You know, like we were talking about earlier, he kind of see him jump out in the front of the season and kind of completely digress throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think a lot of writers, especially over at jaysjournal.com, were talking about this. He had a uh, Kevin Blard an outstanding March and April, um, and it was there was this question of is this going to be the year that we actually see a successful Kevin Pillar? come to fruition as a complete hitter. And everyone was thinking, this is possibly the year that that happens. Um, I guess not, because his OBP is uh, just scraping 285. Yeah. I, I really want him to really get back good, on though, for cons- All things considered for him. And, um, yeah, just given his, his, his slumps, his mainly is fighting this one here. Boyd, too, has kept pace, throwing his 52nd pitch of the afternoon. Uh, efficiency is the name of the game. Uh, today for these starters. Now, I could have sworn that they said that was his 25th double on the uh, broadcast here. Oh, that's why. MajorLeagueBaseball.com is messing with me. (laughs) (laughs) They put me on last year's. I'm like, apparently he ranked as 14th in in the AL last year with doubles, which I would have been shocked on, too. But he's currently tied for 6th. Interesting. And actually tied for 5th with Francisco Lindor after that last year. Wow, that is a name drop. <laughs> well, and what a great name to drop. I mean, if you're up in extra base power with that guy, you're you're doing something right. As Pilar is at times. I mean, he can get hot, and if he gets hot, then he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. It's, well, he's doing a good job of fighting these off. Yeah, he doesn't have 19 home runs in batting, like just a skosh underneath 300, like for Flindor is. But oh, yeah, <laughs> that guy is just uh, he's he's outstanding. Every time I've been able to see him play, he's just. He's outstanding. I did not know he had that much pop until this. I think he had low twenty-ish home runs last year, but I didn't know he had this much, um, that much should, power. Yeah, he's looking at thirty easy this year, and, um, and that's part of um, you know we've been talking a lot about minor league players and how they grow uh, throughout the show as we get Matt Boyd eyeball and Kevin Millar at second base. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what happens with players as Luke Maley gets struck out. And, you know, they grow into their body a little bit, and I think that's just that point where you're actually seeing what you're going to see from a consistent Francisco Lindor throughout your career. And um, I think that's more what he's going to be the rest of his career. He's, just, he's shown more of that power that was doubles, the triples and whatnot the last couple of years. 
those are going to start going over the wall as you bulk up and grow up, right? <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. I, I remember seeing Francisco Lindor during the end of the 2015, 2000, 2015 possibly the season, and the, the, on the broadcast, all they were saying is this guy's got a ton of raw talent and with the right coaching and, and yeah, as you said, growing into his body. He is a complete major leaguer. It takes time. I mean, I think a lot of people, even myself at times, I get really impatient with the development of young players uh, at this high level. It takes time, especially physically. I think, warning all Blue Jays fans, you might see some of that with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, um, and that's exactly grown it. into your body. And um, I think Vlad might be one of those exceptions that might jump in quickly. I'm not saying he's going to hit 50 home runs this season like Aaron <laughs> Judge did. Um, but in all reality, I don't think... I think how people perceive Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a little different. I don't think he is the home run hitter like his father. I honestly think he is a all-around hitter, period. Now, and um, you're going to see 20 of those go over the wall every year. You know, it's not – I just think he's going to bat 300 every year, and there's going to be zero to say about that. Honestly, as far as a comparable player, I honestly think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is closer to Miguel Cabrera as a possible – comparison to his father yeah I, I agree completely I know a lot is made of I'm sure everyone or almost everyone has seen that video of him hitting a bomb off the hotel at uh, North Delta Dental Stadium but I, I do agree yeah well yes uh, but he I, I do think yeah he has that potential I think his strength is he's just a hitter I, I hate to sound like a, a buck and pat who said you know he's a baseball player but he's a he's a good hitter and he understands the way that hitting works and he understands his own swing very well and when you get there I mean some of the best hitters that we've seen are not necessarily just these straight ahead home run hitters but yeah if you can get 300 out of him and if he walks at a decent pace and has good plate discipline and hit the ball to all fields they got a superstar on their hands just not this year folks I honestly do think uh, I'm one of the people that do think that he's going to be a September call up one way or the other because at this point, it's like, oh, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't lose exceed some his... of these guys to trades, um, yeah. give him a chance to be in the dugout with Donaldson and pick his brain a little bit. Hopefully, you know, yeah. at the end of the season. Um, and if you if you know you're going to bring him up next year anyway, so that means he's going to be on the forty man roster next season anyways. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I. I... That's an interesting an interesting perspective. Um, I think again, if we see attendance start to scuffle, they'll get forty five thousand for Vladdy G's uh, major league debut, and it'll do wonders for them. So it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I know the, the Blue Jays looks like they might get a run in here, but um, are they going to let Kevin Pillar run in home on the Lesmus Diaz? Nope. That's, so the single puts runners out. on first and third as uh, Lesmus puts the uh, stop sign out. <laughs> Solid base hit there by Diaz, and probably. Probably a good choice to stop him there. There's not that would have been a very close play. The only reason I would have even thought of entertaining that idea is I knew Kevin Pillar was running. Uh, that was a very very shallow yeah. ball in the left field, and all day Rivera had him stopping. <laughs> He'd even put yeah, and Kobe Jones is out there in, in left. He's a good defensive fielder. They they probably did well, and I'm looking at it right now on the replay. They yeah, it's probably good for him. And and who is up after Diaz? Give me we Devin Travis. So, and one of the butter guys, as we mentioned lately, uh, since his return to the lineup, he has definitely been a lot better. So, in all reality, as far as a baseball move goes, that was probably definitely the best thing you could do. The biggest, my biggest worry is we haven't had any base runners until this inning. So, do you push the issue? <laughs> I, you know what, I don't. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's really it's tough. tough. 
It's relatively early. Well, I mean, it's fifth inning. I don't know. It only I mean, feels early because we've only been on the air for an hour, but it really, it really does feel early. And I look at it, I'm like, holy moly, we're in the bottom of the fifth. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I probably would keep him. I would. I don't know if I would possibly start the runner to stay out of the double play. I don't know how how Travis has really been doing with runners in scoring position this year. Yeah. But I, I, I say let him stay status quo and let him go. Right. Yeah, I think. If it's later in the game, and if we're two three innings down the line, I think you definitely try for it. But I just like to see what he can do. I agree. And so, uh, back to the Vladimir Guerrero fun, though. Just yeah, absolutely. For his injury. <laughs> yeah. His his stat line for the season in fifty three games. That's two hundred four at bats, four hundred and seven batting average. <laughs> just it's video game. Yeah, exactly in the number of what that's basically what Bo Bichette did for the Lansing Lugnuts last year when he yes. was really the story of this whole thing and the two of them together and then having Biggio and some of these other guys that are coming through the system as we mentioned are, is just insane as we see Travis pop one out that isn't quite going to make the seats but definitely out of the reach Yeah, thank you <laughs> yeah it's, it's um, what you mentioned about that it's uh, oh, I am a little bit delayed behind you. So, but um, it is, it is interesting, and and the Blue Jays minor league fans is spoiled, really spoiled with <laughs> these guys. And I know the New Hampshire Fisher Cats had a little fun on Twitter with that, saying they know they're not going to get Platy G for that much longer. No, oh, they're they're eating that up. And the guy that runs their Twitter account is majorly ready too. By the way, just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. It's a really, really good social media campaign they have going on there. Yeah. And in all reality, if you have anybody listening to this show happens to be in the New Hampshire area, it is a lovely ballpark there. Oh, it really in is. Manchester, and we're going to get a run in here. <laughs> As uh, Devin Travis might be recorded on the out, but Kevin Pilar scuffles home. So the Blue Jays are on the board, 3-1, to one, two outs here in the bottom of the fifth. That's a good thing. Get them any way you can. Uh, and I like, I like to think they're just going to start chipping away. Um, and we got Mr. Grichuk, the man with the most beautiful hair in the world. Because, boy, I've liked seeing him since he's come back. I like the acquisition in the offseason. I don't really think they gave up a ton for him. And I, I'd like to see him get his back going. Well, he's already gotten his back going, but I'd like to see him continue. I haven't checked in on J.B. Woodman to see how he was doing, but he was one of the guys I was semi-excited about at the Lansing level last season. That was the main piece of that trade for Chuck. Yeah, I... Was Woodman? I believe Woodman was... Oh, was he for the Diaz? I think Woodman was for Diaz. All right. Apologies on the correction. Connor Green was there. The rest of yeah, the Connor Green. Connor Green. Dominic Leone, yeah. Connor Green has been doing very well in the minor league system for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. But in all reality, you had to trade somebody. And I, on it, like you said, I think this was a great acquisition. You have a guy that could just absolutely destroy baseballs that is young enough still that we can probably mold him into something. Um, I don't oh, yeah. Think, I don't think this is the Colby Rasmus debacle all over. <laughs> I really, I sure hope not. I sure hope not. Um, and one thing about Grichuk that, as he takes, well, it's one of working the count a little bit. Yep. Um, he is has always been solid defensively. Even when he was struggling at the plate, he was a good defensive outfielder. Um, he was doing that with consistency. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what we... Uh, we get here as he fouls one off. But yeah, always a really good defensive outfielder, and we saw that. I mean, that holy crap catch in Houston. I mean, oh, wow. That was the difference in the game. Um, wow. You should credit him with as much of a save as you gave to Parra. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%.
Oh, and as Skychuck gets a rocket right here, and guess what? We have ourselves a tie ball we game. We have a tie myself. ball game. <laughs> that's, that, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to see. And he, this guy's got a lot of raw power. He really does. He can really drive the baseball, and that's, you're right, he says a rocket. It really, that one really got out of here in a hurry, and they're back in it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very interested, Hayden, to see what the stat cast is on that thing. It looked like it had a rocket. Like he was. Oh, that was that. It was a nice huge. line drive. It was not the epic towering blast that we saw the couple from Castellanos and whatnot from the Tigers. No, those were oh, once those again were. the Blue Jays back in the ball game here with another home run. <laughs> the they are. They've been, goes. they've been knocking them out. They've been knocking them out, and it's it's interesting because they did have for a while so much of their uh, so much of their offense was dependent on the home run they shifted away from that in the last few years and it looks like they're coming back to it a little bit uh, good yeah, job and, I, uh, I don't know how much that's going to be like if we, if we go with the roster idea that we were talking earlier at least hmm. using mine as a template there's, yeah there's some home run talent in there but you got guys that are more in the 20 ballpark maybe Teoscar Hernandez being the the outlier out of that number or Smoke for that matter, so you have them two thumping in the middle of the lineup, but Grychuk, this is exactly the reason I like him being in the leadoff spot. Oh, he's 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 not really a prototypical leadoff hitter, um, but he has a lot of power, and especially if the Jays are going to do what they've been doing, which is putting Travis and Diaz, who are two guys that have the potential to get on base relatively decently. If they're going to put them at the bottom of the lineup, having Grychuk coming up there, as we see Mr. Teoscar ground out, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to get Grichuk coming up in the leadoff spot because you only lead off once. He's going to come up with a lot of guys on base. Um, and that's N5. Still a quick game, even with that three spot from the Jays. And now uh, it's up to Gavilio to come up here and, and just shut it down. Yeah, it'd be really nice to see him come out and earn this win after this. So I'd like to see him at least get one more inning out of him here. And in all reality, I don't think his pitch count is too out of control yet. I think he's got 70 Oh, 73. He's thrown 43 of those for strikes. Yeah, not... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I actually was reading Matt Boyd's line. <laughs> were you? Well, that's... A <laughs> yeah, that, he's uh, 61 pitches. So he's yep. even better off than Boyd on the pitch count-wise. Um, it's pretty good. That's and that's with efficient. two walks and three strikeouts so far. Yeah, not bad. I mean, his walks normally haven't been an issue for him. Um but yeah, no, that's it's it's good to see. I just hope they can pick up some of these games against the Tigers. I mean, it's <sighs> well, the Tigers are currently in a nine-game losing streak after last night. They're really they not great. <laughs> I can't yeah, remember. they're they're really not great. <laughs> they're really not great. Um, and I think we talked about this maybe just in our little pre-talk before. Uh, the, the Tigers are playing in, in a terrible division. <laughs> Yeah, they really are. are. <laughs> I mean, Still it's technically not mathematically eliminated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the Indians are leading that division, and they're doing. I mean, they've been playing some decent ball lately, but yeah, uh, that division. There was a time when the Indians earlier this year were a game under five hundred and had a division lead by about two games. So it's crazy to believe that, but um, no, got to take it as it comes, especially for this team. Well, I don't know what their next series is. I, I believe they're scheduled. I know next weekend I will be actually in Toronto for the Saturday and Sunday game against the New York Yankees. Fantastic. Now, hopefully not going to be taking too many gripes from my family members that are actually Yankee fans. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. My, um, Yo, that's going to be a good series. My dad and I are Toronto Blue Jays fans. And nice. That's where I got my infection from. <laughs> nice. Nice. I just couldn't stand the Yankees just like he could. And uh, there's too many Red Sox fans here in New York, too, which is odd. Really? <laughs> 
No, I wouldn't think that. But that's no, that's interesting nonetheless. Enough pissed off child there are children that just want to be different from their parents and make. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then my, that. my mom and my brother are both Yankee fans. So they're going to the games too, so it's going to be interesting. Interesting. We don't usually get a lot of Yankees fans at the dome, but um, you never know, right? You never know. This is Costiano. Yeah. Really turn out for that series one way or the other. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been like that for years. Uh, even even when they were the teams weren't great, they still would regularly get between thirty five and forty on a day with the Yanks. And, yeah. Wow, Castillo's hit three oh eight, man. This is a this is an impressive hit. Yeah, he's a major league hitter one way or the other. And honestly, he's one of those guys that I'm surprised hasn't been traded yet. But if you're building a team, what not, you, there's not many better guys you could have right now. <laughs> no, the Detroit Tiger. No, the Tigers. I. Yeah, I don't know why he hasn't been traded either. I mean, I don't really know what his contract situation is like. I'm going to grab his contract situation, but he—I mean—he's a fantastic hitter, and he's been a, a real cog in this lineup, which has otherwise been pretty underwhelming. Um, but yeah, hey, no, I, shut the hell up! You still there? Yes, sir. <laughs> I lost you for a second. <laughs> so I just got a loud. Uh, Loud thing plus that. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's he's under, yeah, he's under control. He's a free agent in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So no, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, because if you were, if you were looking to get a return, like the Tigers are all of a sudden trying to do a, a build on the fly now, right? With uh, yeah, like Alvarez hurt for the season and trying to build up on their arms and whatnot. You know, you gotta get. How do you get guys back in return outside the draft? There you go. Right? Yeah. That's nice, nice for Gavilio there. As it's one down in six, it's it's complicated. As you mentioned, rebuilding on the fly, and the, the landscape of baseball is changing. You have a lot of teams that are tanking, and then you have these super teams. Um, and tanking is an interesting, interesting strategy, especially for a team like the Tigers. But I'm interested to see what they do. Is Gavilio is looking good on that last batter, and we'll see what he can get. Only pitch pitch count of sixty six. Pretty good, and we'll uh, we'll see what we what we can do. I want to um, I wanted to ask you because I know a lot of people are thinking about this. Is next is next year a year for for the Jays to really go out there and compete seriously, or are they looking more 2020, 2021? Honestly, I think if if everything falls into place and they make a couple of nice sneaky moves in the off season. I really don't think there's any reason we can't make the playoffs because, in all reality, where are we sitting right now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're just under 500 with a team that has. This is the worst jigsaw puzzle we could have put together. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty troublesome team they're fielding right now. So, and and if you think that you got these guys that have been, and this is what I really like about what has been happening in the Blue Jays minor league system more than a lot of things, other than the you know plethora of talent we've been assembling, these guys are being brought up as winners. They're, yeah. they're on teams that are doing really well. Most of them are champions from either being on the Vancouver Canadians last season or on the Dunedin Blue Jays, and those are now guys that are in double A. It's just you're building that breed into the system along with, obviously, all this competitive talent that they have throughout the system. The Buffalo Bisons look like they're going to be a wild-card team this season, too, with a lot of those piece parts. Yeah, no, I know they were sitting, I they were sitting second place in the division the last time that I checked. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. There's definitely a chance, especially, 
uh, with, again, I, I don't think that the lineup that you proposed is that far off from what's actually going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any real surpri- uh, surprises, really shocking surprises there as we get a double or an extra base hit crush down the line. Yeah, and that was a nice piece of hitting on his part there, too, because that was on the outside of the half of the uh, plate that he had to really slow down his approach there and get it hooked in the right field. But Yeah, that was it was a nice nice pitch by Gabilio, or a nice attempt on making a pitch there. Yeah. Um, he's up to 73, and I, I don't think there's a ton of action in the Jays' bullpen, but um, yeah, no, you're right. Great approach. Really shorten up the swing and stay on it. Um, and now we get Vmart, who is the only guy in the American League who is possibly slower than Kendrys Morales. <laughs> but uh, no matter. He, we'll see how Gabilio handles this. And, um, unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have nobody out. There you board. go. That's... Uh, a little bit of a bobble uh, by Younger Salarte, unfortunately, was not quite enough to recover quickly, even to get Victor Martinez. That ball bounced, unfortunately, pretty far off of what looked like his ankle. Yeah, initially, initially anyways. As just talked about Martinez being slow, and he reaches on an error by the third baseman. I I have been rather impressed with Younger Salarte's ability to play solid defense this year, though. Honestly, I mean, in all really, reality, I think he's playing the position he actually fits in. For the yeah, at um, third. He's got some digs a second short, but he really is a natural third baseman. Exactly. And in all reality, I wouldn't think that he'd be a stretch to play first base if you really needed him in a pinch either. I just think he's that athletic defensively that he'd probably be able to figure it out. In all reality, I just love that he, he keep his bat in the lineup one way or the other. He can hit. <laughs> he's leading yeah, all I, runs right now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, the thing that they... The interesting thing about Solarte is that they originally depended on him as an everyday. Oh, what is happening? That's off Gabriel. That's a, it's a different that's one. A nice, isn't it? <laughs> nice nifty play. Yeah, don't see that. Don't see that every day. Yep. Uh, see Gabriel. Travis all of a sudden becomes a basketball player, catching a rebound and flipping it to his uh, center for the dunk right there at second. I base. love it. <laughs> I love it. That's adaptability. And you saw Gabriel look back as middle infielders and uh, and smile a little bit. Looks yep. like he could be. Did it go off his foot or off his glove? Rubber of the yeah. It was. Uh, I don't know how that was possible, but <laughs> looks like it went right in between his. Let's see this again. Either way, the yeah. ball. Yeah, you're right. That was not. Uh, that did not go off any part of Gavilio. Which is good. Just, just a little bit. A little bit. Chuckling his two down runners on the corners for a man who took him deep, John Hicks. Yes, and John Hicks has been one of those guys over the last few years that's just found a way to be that guy when you need him. Honestly, he's one of those guys that they should be thinking about building around as well. Um, I want to say he started his career as a catcher. Yeah, I, I believe so as well. Um, but I, I think his bat was really what got him up. And, and as we've been talking about a little bit with regards to catchers, and it is a little bit distracting to be a major league catcher and try and maintain a really good offense, as you mentioned with Pentecost earlier. Um, but yeah, 287 batting average, and he's got seven bombs on the year, 26 ribbies, not... Not terrible by any stretch. Yeah. Um, and all, Blue Jays fans should know that story pretty well. As, um, it, if you look at that Blue Jays roster from 1993 very, very closely, Carlos Delgado was a catcher. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. And, That's, um, um, eventually, uh, after that, and trying to get him in the lineup more and more often, they, just, they were seeing it was sucking his power out. Yeah, the, 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 the catcher-first baseman combo, is n- it's not strange at all to see. It's incredibly common, and uh, 
looks like it's worked out for for this man right here. Uh, let's get one and two here. So we're getting some action going on in the Blue Jay bullpen now with the runners on first and third with two outs here in the top of the sixth. Joe Biagini and late addition to the team today, Jake Patricia, as we actually get another strike here on Hicks. I, uh, oh, I don't understand. I don't understand with Biagini in this situation. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's a tie game relatively late in the ball game. I don't know why they wouldn't go to one of Clippard, O Oxford, or I think a lot I don't of it depends know. on this last out here. If yeah. Hicks gets going. The idea is they might truck out somebody for four outs instead of, you know, maybe just to save Clipper and whatnot and company. For yeah, night. we'll but see. But as far as things go, um, honestly, I'd just rather take Jake Patricky out of the <laughs> bullpen right now after bringing him up, giving him back into the game here. And um, if for any of you that have not heard, at the moment um, we are going to be seeing John Axford or – uh, Tyler Clifford as the closer for the near future here as Ryan Tapera hits the 10-day DL with an elbow issue. Um, Patricia was uh, brought up from the Bisons to take his roster spot. Yeah, I was dis- I was disappointed at that move, Craig. I-, I really have enjoyed watching Tapera pitch lately. He has struggled a little bit in the closer spot, but I really have enjoyed seeing him pitch. And uh, Gavilio gets here. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying... Uh, seeing him, and not that I don't trust Axford or Clippard, but you know, Clippard is so, too susceptible to home run. Honestly, if I had to pick between the two of those guys, I like Axford's stuff a lot more better. Uh, but we can get a full count here on Hicks with two outs and runners on first and third, holding on to a three to three tie at the moment. Um, hopefully, Cavillio can dig in here, and I'd like to see him high and tight on something. Oh, he actually gets him to go after that curveball, and Hicks is. Best. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> a great, great pitch by Cabela. He he has a good fat. I mean, he has a good arsenal of pitches. Um, I, I I was looking and reading scouting reports on him for a little bit. Yeah, he is. Wow. I mean, he he knows he missed it and he knows he chased. But I, I was looking at his scouting report. and I was saying, well, why hasn't this guy really put it together? And I guess it's just command consistency. Uh, I wouldn't mind sending Cabela out there for another inning if if. Gibby feels that he can do it. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I I make that decision right when the uh, depending on what the offense does. I honestly, we score another run, I throw him out there and run another inning just to hold on to the bullpen because they have. I don't think they have an off day until next Thursday. Oh, is that so? Yeah, they even. This is really what begins this last week, this Canada Day long weekend. What begins the dog days of summer? Yeah, uh, this is. <laughs> these are some long, long weeks. Well, every week is the same length, but you know what I mean. It's uh, It gets there. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I really think this is a, a, a test for some of these younger guys, especially I'm looking at Hernandez, who has been uh, on Jonah Carey's recent ratings on Sportsnet.ca, if anyone's interested in reading that. Cas uh, Hernandez was one of the only two or three guys to get an A. I think it was Hap, Solarte, and Hernandez. That was it. So, yeah, Interesting. Yeah, so the Blue Jays do not have an off day until Thursday. They will play the Tigers until Monday um, for the Canada weekend conclusion there uh, for your guys' extended Monday. The yes. Then the New York the New York Mets come into town for Tuesday, Wednesday, day off Thursday, and then we have the New York Yankees come in for that. all kinds of fun for me over the weekend, and I am looking forward to it. I am so glad that they changed that game on Sunday night back to 1 o'clock. Thank you, New oh, York Oh, was Yankees it originally a night day? Oh, that was a. I bought tickets. Okay. <laughs> it was originally planned for a one o'clock game, like it is scheduled right now. 
somebody at ESPN paid somebody a lot of money to change it to the ESPN game of the week right. on Sunday night. And the Yankees actually boycotted the game. They said, we will not show up. We will be on the bus heading to Cleveland because they actually have a double header. Ah, uh, yes. Monday the 9th against the Cleveland Indians. So, wow. Um, whoever made that scheduling debacle is a complete jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because in the midst I, of that, we got charged for... Uh, my uncle turned the key, the tickets back in. Really? Minus the service fees. And then we went, oh, the game's back at 1 o'clock. Went to go buy the tickets back again. Service fees again. Thank oh, you, Ticketmasters. <laughs> the they're, they're killer. Serv- right? The they're service killer. fees were all as much as the tickets were because of that. It was insane. Oh, boy. And we were um, already planning on going to the Saturday game. So it's like, oh, yes, we can go back to the 1 o'clock game on Sunday. And then drive three and a half hours, maybe four, because of fun here at the U.S. border. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which, it um, is... we won't get into politics on this show, but apparently that's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's all it needs to be said, really. Um, what you were just mentioning about that, that schedule ahead, the Mets series is going to be a great one for this team uh, because of the return of Jose Bautista. I'm really, I'm looking forward to that. For those of you who don't know, Bautista has been doing really well um, he's got an OBP close to four. He's he's been hitting the ball with authority, and we get a uh, single here by Mister Jan Hervis. Yeah, that was but, a nice piece of hitting as he flips that one into center field. Yeah, he's a pretty strong dude. He just gets the chance to muscle that one out there, and the Jays have their base runner. Exactly, and as what's... you mentioned with Jose Bautista coming back, I've actually been seeing some fun things to do with him coming back into town uh, on Twitter this morning and whatnot. Um, some people are saying, hey, this is a perfect time to put him on the level of excellence. Bring him back in. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I, don't, again, I, don't think, I don't think that happens. No, I like, don't think it does either. In all seriousness, eventually, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I hope uh, that when they do put the you know his number there, they put like a little bat next to it or something yeah. like that, spinning out of control. A little flipping <laughs> bat, yeah. Well, that, I think, is... Oh, that I think is one of the best moments I've ever. I mean, I wasn't there live; I was just watching in the living room. But I think that's one of the best moments I've ever seen uh, in baseball was that bad flip. And I thought, yeah, that that's definitely. Does. Unfortunately, that is number two on my list, or maybe three, because uh, my age. I mentioned you and I have a slight yes. age difference. I'm 33, so I was a kid when growing up watching the Blue Jays when you know they were always good in the late 80s. And yeah, going into the 92, 93 years. Um, my first insanely good memory is watching Roberto Alomar hit the home run off Dennis Eckersley and announcing Blue Jays' rel- relevance. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that was a great shot, and I'm sure that you, your number one has to be Carter's bomb as well. Yep, and that's because my dad snuck me out of bed and said, something good's going to happen, you're coming with me. Really? Yeah, that's, that's nuts. That's... Unbeknownst to my mother, right? Wow, <laughs> you like, never know. You're supposed you, to be I, sleeping. It's a, it's a crazy game. It's a crazy game sometimes. It really is. Yep, and uh, that's just and uh, but all those those three home runs as far as energy level and excitement, just insane. And I think that's the events that transpired before the Bautista thing amplified only more with the you know Runador running in from third base and banking the ball off of the bat. Everything oh, I was... around that is just it was an insane. And actually, uh, this is a good story. I, I wasn't even home when this was all happening. I had Motley Crue tickets. In really? Bowl, and 
it was they're, they're, they weren't they were like we're done we signed all these contracts we're never going to tour again this is the last opportunity I was going to have to see them so nice. I was in Buffalo in a bar watching the game before the concert and I was like I'm going to go on media blackout I'm not going to know anything until I get home <laughs> right wow so in the midst of all that we're eating dinner at the bar goofing off having a good time and all the chaos ensues. <laughs> That's when I had to go to the concert. <laughs> wow! So I'm sitting there like freaking like a kid with a, like sitting on the bench with a spring. <laughs> like wow! All the time, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Wow. And I'm writing for Jay's Journal at the time, so I couldn't turn my phone on. Wow! That's nuts, eh? <laughs> Gee, I got home, I, watched it on the DVR, and freaked the hell out, and woke everybody up wow. in the house at like one Just o'clock in the morning. Freaked. Oh, uh, that was, I mean, that was, no, I was, I was actually the complete opposite in as Morales takes a strike on. I had yep. reserved the entire day for that game and had glued my bum to the couch, watched every single second of it. And I was absolutely, absolutely outraged um, with the, as you mentioned, the plunk and the ball off the bat. I was, I mean, it was super emotional for me, right? It was my first time seeing my team in the playoffs, but, but. Boy, was that a fantastic, fantastic moment. And it's a perfect summation to Bautista's career with the Jays. I mean, I remember his 54 home run season. It was, it was just outstanding. He just had some yeah. great years. And a great lot of years. weren't terribly shocked by that either, watching how he ended the season before that and just trucked everybody in spring training. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is another uh, situation where I talk about my experiences meeting players. I met Jose Bautista in Dunedin, actually, uh, in, oh, I want to say, 2013. Um, okay. Very, again, very nice dude. Very, very, very quiet, which was weird. Because um, he was very shy. And, I'm sorry? Because you've seen the bat flip and how it's... Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was cra- it was crazy for me to him just come up, shake my hand, and said, how you doing? Thanks for coming. Hope you're enjoying Florida. And that that was almost... It was weird. Because he, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's a little bit um, loud. He makes a lot of enemies in the league. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, interesting. A little bit of a twist dynamic as we see Justin Smoke take a high strike for strike two. Um, yeah, and seeing we're talking about memories and fun stuff like this, I um, I have a good story for this, so I figured I'd ask you and see what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, seeing it is Canada Day, is there yes. a, um, a Blue Jay event around your Canada Day um, events and holiday fun um, that sticks out to you? Oh, well, definitely. I mean, I'm sure this is not uncommon, and if anyone's listening and hearing, they're going to know what I'm going to say. There's a game, I want to say it was two years ago, um, that was played on Canada Day against the Indians, and that was an 18 or 19 inning game. Uh, We're having a massive pool party over at a close family member's house. It was a beautiful day. We had uh, food, drinks, everything, and nobody was outside. Everybody was was right glued to the TV as we watched an 18-19 in a game. That was when uh, both Ryan Goins and Darwin Barney pitched. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Vic Carapazza behind the plate with an outrageous strike zone, as a lot of people will remember. And just that's something I think I'll never forget. And that is, that's when the Indians brought in their starter for the next day was Trevor Bauer. Um, so he pitched the 15th, 16th, 17th, maybe the 18th as well. But yeah, no, Ryan Goins. Pitching and then went on the DL with an arm injury. After that. <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Can say go. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just craziness. We yeah. see a double play from Smokey, so that'll yeah. that'll kill the rally. Yep, and then Matt Boyd back on pace after a great performance for him as well. And uh, I might not be Canadian, but I 
like I said, I am a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I love writing yes. for everybody, Toronto Blue Jays related, and doing all these shows and what's not. Uh, but I am a, a good. I went up for Canada Day the year that Roy Halladay was making his first start back in Toronto. Wow! There was nothing that was going to stop me from going up there and seeing him. He's easily my favorite player of all time out at pitching, and Roberto Alomar being my uh, offensive player. Nice, so, nice. Um, but I, I was like, I'm going. No ways. I'm, I'm going to be there. And me and a few friends, we drove up for the day. I have a couple friends that are Philadelphia Phillies fans that I knew would want to go and see him too. So nice. we went up there, and that was the infamous night day that like the changing of the guard occurred. Wow, that, yeah. that day wow. game. Roy Halladay was cruising through four or five innings, and they ran right into Jose Bautista. <laughs> I just. Who trucked the hotel in the left field. <laughs> uh, Halladay. Uh, or the Windows restaurant at the time, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Halladay was quite something. I mean, I, as you as we mentioned a few times, the age difference, to give people an idea of, of my demographic, um, uh, I, that was that was the player that I grew up watching. That was really what got me into Blue Jays baseball. And I remember my first game. I want to say in two thousand five, two thousand six was a Roy Halladay start. Uh, really, he got he got me into baseball, and will always have a special place in my heart. And I was, as many people, shocked to hear about the passing, and, and uh, very very sorry about that. Yeah, and uh, special uh, wishes out to his family and everything that are obviously missing Roy Halladay. More than Absolutely. we all are, I would imagine. But it's just you do have a giant family in Canada that will always be supporting you and all your Blue Jays fans. So oh, absolutely! And speaking of speaking of the holidays, um, his son is an outstanding pitcher. I who played the with. Best. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Playing for um, playing for Team Canada, the minor sorry, the junior Team Canada played against the Jays in spring training. Uh, it's in good hands. He's playing for Team Canada. It just warms my heart. It's an outstanding story. Yeah, and uh, actually an outstanding start during that uh, Blue Jays. Yeah. Or, um, outstanding inning, I take that back, against the Toronto Blue Jays. Myers. Yes, yes. I was. I mean, that was great to see. Um, and just, just very emotional stuff. And I know uh, Brayden Halliday spoke about that a little bit and was talking about what Canada did for him and his family. And it's just... It's very nice. It's very, very nice to see, and I know that we're all very proud of that. Gavilla is out here for the seventh. Uh, Eighty-three pitches for him. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm glad that could get, that's a, a confidence builder and some, and some bringing Sam Gavilio back out for this inning. Oh, of course, and I mean he again. The ERA has been falling. I mean, look, we talked about those two bad swings: a run in the sec, uh, second, a pair in the third, four hits on the day. I mean, really a good performance. Ooh. As he calls uh, one off the uh, umpire's face. <laughs> that's rough, and I, I don't know if, uh, if how many people know this about me. I might have said it a few times, but I I'm an umpire myself. I do a lot of uh, youth games in, in in Toronto, and that's that's my second job, and and uh, it hurts. Oh, it's actually, it's part of the job. <laughs> it's part of the job. I'm just watching this on the replay here. That is that was a wow. shot. It hit Maley wow. in the too. <laughs> that is quite something. But yeah, no, it's it's part of the territory and it just sort of happens and they'll get a they'll get a runner on here yep um Gabilio recording his third walk I believe off the top of my head um yep third walk so but that's um gonna bring up Jose Iglesias to hopefully get a double play here hopefully ground into a DP here I I really want to see Gabilio make quick work of him he's getting up to getting up there on pitches so I really hope that he uh 
you can close this one out. If not, I don't know what the bullpen situation is looking like for the Jays. It's currently sitting at 86 pitches. Is it? Okay. So, um, I, um, they haven't shown the bullpen, but I would imagine it's similar to the fashion we just saw it with the uh, Ryan Tapera news, and actually I take that back. You're showing Joe, Joe Biagini warming up in the bullpen right now. So, unfortunately, we might be getting the risk that is Joe Biagini. Oh, I, uh... <laughs> I don't know, Craig. I have to, I have to speak candidly to you about this. I I, I like Joe Biagini's personality. I think he's a hilarious human being. Uh, he has not proven himself this year. Um, and as I think you mentioned at the top of the show, it's it's enigmatic why he still is being given these situations. And I think a lot of that's just due to lack of options. If you look through the minor league system, honestly, if you um, without looking at the Buffalo Bisons roster off the top of my head, the best guy I can think of is actually in double A and it's Andrew Case yeah. as far as a straight reliever and that's not just because I like saying Case closed when he closes <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually you know what would you believe I never actually heard that but that, they is, were, that uh, is they were printing out shirts when I was in Lansing that used to say <laughs> that is that's 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 amazing yeah, it said Case closed on the back and said hashtag go nuts <laughs> that's great that's great these minor league clubs have fun don't they oh it's great and, um, they really um, do especially the Blue Jays guys I've like like you and I have been talking about throughout the show as Luke Maley airs out another oh, base that's, that's, at that's second beautiful. base what a rope that was, that was that's a, beautiful he was dead Maley's right <laughs> yeah so but as far as the minor league teams go, the Blue Jays are blessed with having a great minor league system. And I'm not just saying the main levels from Lansing up. The Bluefield Blue Jays are always a great team, and so are the Vancouver Canadians, who actually usually almost sell out every game. Yeah. <laughs> so it just yeah, shows I know you how I... thirsty the city of Vancouver is for some baseball. Yeah, no, I know. I spoke to, um, if anyone had, had read my interview with Joshua Palacios, who's now playing for the Dunedin Blue Jays that I did with Jays Journal not too long ago, I talked to him about playing at Nat Bailey Stadium, and he was like, it, it's just, it's it's nuts. I mean, what you get, you get a ton of fan support, and Western Canada has a ton of Blue Jays fans. We often forget that, being East Coasters, but yeah. yeah. see it with the traveling of the team. Uh, they jack up the prices in Seattle when they know the Blue Jays are in town. <laughs> oh, and those Safeco series are always the best to watch, my friend. They, they are, they're, they're amazing. It's like a home game, and I know the players appreciate that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but, no, it's you are right. They do have some fantastic affiliates, and uh, as you said earlier on in the show, if anyone gets the chance to go to uh, Manchester, New Hampshire to, to see a ball game, it's a great, it's a nice little ballpark. They, they treat you very well. Great baseball. Um, and I'm sure the same thing you said about the Lansing Lugnuts. I've never personally had the ability to go as we get out number two here. Honestly, that like... might be my favorite of the minor league teams. Really? Ballparks. And, um, and that's not just because of the wonderful hospitality I get from Jesse Goldberg Strassler every time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, just a, you're very, you're right on top of the action. It almost feels like the uh, spring training ballparks, you know, that you're really close to everything. And it's kind of got that, like, small towny feel, and they still have the hotel out the outfield and everything like that. And maybe it's just the environment that they have there. They even have a bar uh, across the street outside the ballpark that's called the Nut House, you know, nice. <laughs> and things like that. Nice. So it's just that, that little spot around that ballpark, uh, they fully committed to being, you know, it, this is the Lugnuts area town there in Lansing, That's and great. it's very cool to see that. And you don't get that in a lot of places. Um, but 
like I said, if you get a chance to see any of these, minor league baseball has actually been growing, I think, exponentially over the last few years. And you are seeing good, beautiful ballparks being built for low A teams, even. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's not the days of what, you know, the, this is the reason the Blue Jays are going to be dumping so much money into Dunedin in the next few years. Yeah, to make that a world-class facility down there. Um, but I love that ballpark. It's like a time warp. I really hope they don't change it too oh, much. Oh, I love it, too. I've been I've been down there for spring training. It's a, gr- a great place to see a game. Yeah, and as we get a fly out here for the San Gavilio getting out of this inning unscathed. Well done. Well and, done um, for San Gavilio today. And I really hope that they can turn around and get him uh, an extra get run him. here and... Get him a W. He's get the no decision, but um, he might, in all reality, how many pitches did he, he close out the end well, of 97 pitches? Yeah, he'll so probably, I think he'll he's probably, probably out be done. You'll be, you'll be seeing San Juan O or uh, Axford probably. Or I, Axford. I have a strange feeling that Gibby's still favoring Clifford as a yeah, closer. Yeah, as the closer. It's, yeah, but it's either way, nice. either way, really, really good start for Gavilio. And just, just going back to what you were saying, uh, yeah, Dunedin, they are talking about in the Bobby Maddox complex doing a bunch of different things. Uh, last night yeah. approved, or last I heard, that is the all the renovations and everything were finally approved by really? not only the town of Dunedin, but the surrounding, you know, the county. Interesting. So, um, I'd have to pull that fact up for 100% double check, but... Um, they're going to keep the ballpark where it is, and then they're going to just completely dump money into that uh, Bob uh, automatic yeah. trading complex so, or, or whatever it is. Hopefully, they're yeah. ditching the sprinklers and <laughs> yeah. other things that cause problems <laughs> over the last yeah. few years. And um, but like I, like we were talking about that ballpark, there is something about it that it's it feels like home almost. Kind of when I go down there, and it's not it, it's it's you're right on top of the ball game. There's guys, the, the the couple people that are the beer vendors down there are hilarious. They're yelling yeah. out like within within the ball club. They're allowed to have some fun. Clearly, it um, yeah. it, it it follows the Florida mentality and just let's let's have fun. We're at the ball game. Ha- enjoy what's going on. Fun in the sun kind of idea. I love it. Yeah, and, and I've never again. I've never been there for a for a Dunedin Blue Jays game. I've only been there for spring training games. But all of the minor league. Uh, Stadiums that I've had a chance to go to, the few that I have, yeah, minor league baseball is growing, and I think I think part of that is, Craig. I don't know if you have anything to say about this, but but it seems like prospects are becoming more of interest to major league baseball fans, and we can thank Aaron Judge for that as much as we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you re- like really, I, I cannot think of a time. I mean, maybe it is, and maybe I have a unique perspective upon sort of getting more into covering the team, but it, it seems like the prospect watch is is really taking shape, um, especially with some of these super prospects, the Vladi G's, the Ronald Acuna's coming up. Yeah, and a lot of it is all that. You, you have talent. It doesn't matter where it is. They're gonna, everybody's going to latch on to it as we get a new pitcher here for this inning against Kevin Pillar, Alex Wilson, taking the ball from the Tigers. We'll uh, grab some runs off. Mm. Yeah. So, but yeah, and it, I, I really think it's because they are spending some money on some of these minor league ballparks to make it a more accommodating and along with all the talent that's coming through systems, it just makes it that much easier. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I am making, I'm going to try and make an effort actually this summer to get down to Lansing as you were, what is? Yeah, it looks like happening. we're having a beach ball. Uh, oh, that's fun. <laughs> Come on, guys. 
Um, it was one from baseball game to rock concert in about. There you go. There you go. Leonis Martin, that is your on job, my friend. But uh, yeah, I know the Jays have gotten some fantastic, fantastic support. Um, And it's interesting because I remember, I believe, I mean, they were in Las Vegas for AAA for a while. I don't remember where they were prior to New Hampshire for AA. Uh, were they? I had to do some digging on that one yeah. myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we get out number one for Mr. Pilar here. Yep, and a little ground out to the pitcher, and yeah, there we go. So Alex Wilson is off and running. Off and running. I, I, I really hope that they can find a way, find a way to take this one. I mean, I know we we like to say, or at least I like to say, the lowly Detroit Tigers. Um, but it's still, again, a Major League Baseball team. They got a good start from a guy who figures to be part of their rotation plans for the next little while. I really hope they can give him some confidence in that. Um, and we'll see. Yeah, and we'll in see. all reality, it'd be nice to get to this guy because it gets harder as we get further into the Tigers' bullpen. And Luke Maley takes one for a ride, but right at Leonis Martin. Right at Leonis Martin. Grabbing a ball, a regular baseball instead of a beach ball on that one. Yeah, yeah no, I... I we were talking about this at the top, and yeah, that is an absolute rocket. What you were talking about with um, the roof being closed, balls are not carrying as well as they as well as they could possibly be. Now that has worked for the Jays' advantage. We saw some deep fly balls off Gavilio in the second, third, and fourth innings. Uh, but yeah, no balls definitely are not flying as much as they they potentially could be. Yeah, and um, a lot of that is like you said, due to the roof being closed it's just you know the AC doesn't let the ball go maybe as good <laughs> but, no uh, that and that I think Cito Gaston nailed the ball on the head or the nail on the head a few years ago when he was talking about why the Rogers Center in general has become such a launch pad I remember when I was a kid going up to wow. the ballpark driving in on the QEW from the Buffalo side of you know the lake, uh, yeah. you could see the CN Tower for a million years, but you could also see the ballpark driving yes. as uh, we're going to record the last out here on a nice catch by the Tigers right fielder. There was none of the skyscrapers and the big loft buildings and everything that are there currently. So now yes. you have, with the, the roof open, all these nice wind tunnels that are basically crushing the ball yeah, the down into the uh, ballpark and... It just amplifies the wind going into the ballpark now with all that surrounding stuff instead of it just being normal everyday lake air. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's definitely definitely possible. And uh, as we see, Mr. Biagini waltz out. And, yep. <laughs> oh, boy. The blood pressure's getting getting a little high. I'm not going to lie. But it is, it, is, um, it is part of that. I know a lot of Blue Jays fans got a little bit angered in the past with the way that, that the playoff games, the roof had to be closed uh, due to some MLB restrictions and MLB control, um, and especially when the Jays were primarily a home-run-hitting ball club, that was a that was a big deterrent for them in the playoffs. And I really, I hope they get that situation so nice. And in all reality, I don't think Major League Baseball should be allowed to touch that. It's completely no. dependent on the, the team that owns the ballpark. Right, and, and it works. And it works both ways. Like if if a team, if the Jays have the roof open, the balls are flying out for both teams. It's not an unfair advantage for for one team. I, it's not like you're opening it up for one at bat that shuts. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Forty five minutes, if exactly. I recall right, exactly. to open close that awesome transforming roof that we have. But <laughs> exactly, like I really strongly believe. Look, I wouldn't complain much about postseason baseball for Toronto Blue Jays fans. But that is one thing that I would like to possibly see changed in the future. If we get to see a playoff appearance from this team in the next year or two, um, 
as we certainly hope. Yeah, that's one of the things I would hope that's on the list. Yeah. I know we were just griping about Joe Biagini coming into this ballgame, but um, interesting tidbit on Twitter here from Jen Smith of Sportsnet. He has not allowed a run in his uh, last five outings, which equate to five and two-thirds innings. So either she just jinxed the living heck out of it along with you know what? repeating it. Or... I'm going to say I'm gonna say she did jinx the living hell out of it, but you know what? Never doubt the baseball gods. Look, I know he's been, he's been good lately. He actually pitched a few good innings down in Houston. Um, but, yeah, I just I just look at his 669. Yeah, and uh, that's a little rough. <laughs> yeah, just, it's, that's, that's a problem, and he... I do I tr- do truly believe if you are going to truck him out there, you can't put him as a starter, and he is where he belongs. Yeah. I mean, I remember that, you know, at one time he was a seventh-inning guy. Wow, is this a blast from the past when you have Eugenie in the seventh, Sanchez in the eighth, and Roberto Asuna in the ninth. He yeah. was effective um, for them at that time. But, yeah, I'm looking, oh, my Lord, you know, the 342 opponent's batting average. I know I'm a little bit uh, behind here, but, yeah, it, it's – it's baffling to me. Look, if he can get going, I'm I'm all for him. But I, he's got to really string together some scoreless outings. Granted, a lot of those bad innings come from his time as a starter. True. Uh, but but we will see what Joe can do. Just in the seventh, just in the seventh inning of a tie game, or rather the eighth inning. Excuse me. Wow. <laughs> I just, you know it's just, it's just, that's it's even more shocking as uh, he gives up a laced line drive here for uh, Leo's Martin for a single to get the. Inning going, uh, not the way you want to start. Leonos Martin may have struggled the last few years, but the one thing that definitely has always worked for him is his legs. He's got a speed, and, and he is a prototypical speedy outfielder who might not be the best hitter, um, but when he gets on base, he can wreak havoc. And and uh, again, Mr. Castellanos, these are not the guys you want to mess around with, Joe. No, I'm sure he's trying. Which is why I'm even more shocked that Biagini was put in this uh, spot to begin with, putting up the top of the order, who is already put some damage in on us today. Um, I, my guess is that I, you know, somebody saw something that he's had good history against Castellanos or something is why he's in. I hope Gibby gives him a, a short leash. I really do. Because I, I would, for this game to slip away from them, I mean, I know they took they took yesterday's, uh, but I would like them to see take a commanding lead in this. Just <laughs> was laced. Yeah, yeah it's... And uh, that was a just a full on. That's what a no, good a good hitter does, right there. He took that pitch oh, absolutely. and just crushed it. Yeah, absolutely, I uh, special with it. No, no, and Cassios really has, um, well, as Martin has simplified swings, and I think that's what I've seen from a lot of the uh, Detroit hitters. They're staying on the ball. They're getting they're getting their hands out in front of it, which seems like a little bit of a floofy analysis, not much substance, but just just staying on it. That's what gets. Uh, Candelario up here. Yep, and yes, and that's unfortunately just how things are going to keep going, <laughs> apparently. For the, yeah, BGN's uh, been giving BGN's been giving a lot of center cut pitches up to these guys, and I, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, at Jen Smith on this, but I just I just might if there's a jinx coming. <laughs> it's just Craig. It's just it, it's just. I mean, I sort of joke, but at the same time. Um, I would have trusted Axford, or I would have trusted, well, I guess the Bears injured, I would have trusted even Mesa to go out there for an out or two. I, I don't know what, what they see in, in Biagini. And we just have 
well, this is complete, almost completely unrelated, but I just saw this pop up on my Twitter feed. Uh, the amazing ripoff version of Noah Syndergaard, John Lamb, is having Tommy John surgery. Oh, wow. Which is not hilarious because it's unfortunate to have Tommy John surgery, um, but it is hilarious because of this guy's hair. And that's it. That's all I have to say about if that. I had it, it'd be that red part. Yeah, it's just... Wait. Um, really hope Joe can get himself out of this. I... I I really do. So. And in, into no man's land there. Ugh, it's... It's going to continue raining and pouring. <laughs> it's fallen, of, it's fallen apart on them a little bit. Again, there was nothing BG on that on that Abatsi Castellanos. That was just a perfectly placed little roller. Not much that they can do. Uh, but I would like to see him get, get Candelario here and see what see what they can do. Yeah. I hope that there's more action up in Penn. I don't... They haven't cut to it that I've seen. And um, I don't know what the count is on your screen, but I got a one, two, four. Uh, yeah. Be a genie on Candelario at the moment. We're just getting Candelario up here right now for me. I'm a tad, okay. tad behind, but we'll uh, we'll see. I don't know how much. I don't think he's a great double play candidate. He's got some power, so I hope the Be a genie doesn't really doesn't mess around with him, especially coming inside. Be a genie's had some issues with that. I've looked at his Fangraphs heat maps. Um, he's had some trouble with that, so I really hope that we. We get some good out of this, and, and um, looking ahead for the Blue Jays in the bottom of the eighth, it is going to be, I believe it was... Well, I believe we have Travis, I want to say Travis. it was or Diaz that recorded the last out. That was, I believe it was D. It was Diaz, yeah, so it'll be, uh, it'll be Travis, uh, Travis Gritchuk Hernandez, and then we'll see Solarte Morales and Smoke come up in the ninth if nobody reaches. Yep. Uh, that's about as good a bet I think as they're going to get in scoring off this Tigers pen. Correct. And yeah. We will see. We will see. And we have Axford warming up in the pen right now, which is a smart move. Would have been a lot easier, I think, to start dealing with them out there. But I think so. I think so. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people are going to disagree with us on that. Nope. Um, it, it, Be a genie has a weird sort of. I don't want to say cult status, but he has a little bit of a fan favorite thing going on that I've personally never been able to understand. Um, but you know, if it if it works again, as uh, as Jen was saying about that, those recent outings, uh, possibly can string some string some outs together. I want to I want to ask you. Um, so you said he he he'd go in Buffalo next year on your proposed roster. Yeah, and I um, think that's because I think he's got one more option left on his contract. Right. I'd have to honestly look that up, but um, yeah, the reason he was, we picked him up as a rule dra- uh, five draft pick was not because of his uh, options or lack thereof. It's because of his no. first time in the minor leagues, the Giants could not had to put him up or protect him. And I can see why they didn't protect him now in hindsight. But it looked a little funny up front when 2015 when he was. A very serviceable arm for us out of the bullpen, and honestly, yeah. I, th- I think the Blue Jays broke him with this back and forth nonsense. And you know what? I I tend to agree with you on that. Uh, formula alone, we might have been fine. Yeah, I um I agree with you on that. There was a lot of, as you said, back and forth nonsense, really going back back and forth from a starter to a reliever, um, and it's tough on the guy. I mean, I don't want to put all the blame onto him and and his ERA and everything. It's tough on a guy to do that. Um, to be stretched out, and then it's easy to go from a starter to a reliever, but to go from a reliever to a starter, a little bit different in terms of getting stretched out. So, yeah, I um, I think he's in Buffalo, as that's a towering fly ball that Plaro call off. But yeah, we um, 
we we will see what happens to them. But yeah, I, I I would like to see him in Buffalo next year, especially because I want I want Barucky to get a lot of innings. You mentioned Dermody and, and Meza. I've always been intrigued by Meza, uh, in that I think he's a good left-handed arm, and, and Luke could be on his way out. So yeah, we will we will definitely see. Yeah, I just it's getting to that point where the, there's too much talent in the minor league system that we they gotta start figuring out if they want to hold on to some of these guys like Biagini. You know, um, yeah, they made this going into this season. They full on made the you know what Darwin Barney done the Ryan Goins regardless of his cult status with the Blue Jays. Yeah, on done over with. So it's not this new management has kind of got the. Uh, put up or shut up <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. Which, it only even shocks me more with the Joe Biagini thing, but I think it's because there is that lack of succession personnel. You know, you don't have that person that's blowing, setting AAA on fire in the bullpen. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, creating that mood. You know what, actually, Craig, the one guy who was doing that, setting AAA on fire, was, was today's starter, Sam Gaviglio. Exactly. Uh, and he got, you know, he, he, what he, what happens when you do that in AAA? You get rewarded with a promotion. But, yeah, I, I do completely see what you mean in that there's nobody who's just blowing him out of the water except for Escabilio. I think his ERA was in was somewhere in the 1.6, 1.7 ballpark prior to his promotion. But, yeah. Um, well, right now the Buffalo Bisons bullpen is a uh, hot podge of guys that uh, – Probably wouldn't be in AAA if we had more depth. They, really? Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. Fisk is not ready, in my opinion, to be in that bullpen. Uh, Jose Fernandez was having a semi-decent season yeah. with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, but the uh, the the outliers are the you know, like you mentioned, the Sam Gavilios and some of the other guys that are in the starting rotation have been doing really well, but. The rest of the stuff is just kind of serviceable. Rainier Cruz yeah. has been one of those guys that's been doing all well, all right. But are you going to bring him up to the major leagues? Probably not. No, I, I don't know if those guys have the potential to be on a major league team. And as I'm, uh, you know, as we're checking out the uh, the roster and the and the stats here, yeah. I mean, they had Al Albuquerque was throwing for them, but again, you know, these are not guys He's that not are good crazy either. You no, know, for somebody that's trying to reestablish a career in the majors. Albuquerque is having a rough season. No, yeah. As is, I mean, another guy who we've seen a little bit. We've seen a little bit of Nick Tepish. We've seen a little bit of Luis Santos, although, you know, no one's going to want Santos back up here after a terrible ERA. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I agree with you that that pitching is not this team's strong suit in the farm system. I mean, I know we saw Harris go uh, against the against Pawtucket a few days ago and that was a really good start for him really in his promotion yeah it was well done somebody I, that's been very inconsistent through his minor league career and he has all the talent in the world I honestly am wondering if he's going to be a reliever long term but I yeah. got it right now with what's going on with the Blue Jays pitching rotations throughout the minor leagues I'm going to keep trucking him out there maybe he'll figure something out you know as a oh, starter 100% I mean I he's always been lauded as having a lot of talent um, he just, again, hasn't been able to quite put it together. Um, I'm just trying to think of the, the, the positional depth of the pitch. I mean, TJ Zoik is there. Nate Pearson's a long way away. Um, I'm trying to think who else. He could be a surprise after he comes back from his injuries and really he could be, be the Ryan Barucki runaway with like three or four levels. He could, he could very well next be. Year, because I, had, I actually had him on that list of roster stuff as a, as a wild card. As a, maybe an Aaron Sanchez movement level, you know, as we are going to finally 
get out of this inning. In all reality, as bad as Biagini started that inning off, he dug in and finished it up well. So we're not we're not getting a jinx today, but uh, so <laughs> it was put definitely not without his stress. That, that oh no, me, it was. Uh, you being, a, you know, growing up in the Angry Bird era, era I'm sure yes, you remember Jason Frazier. <laughs> oh, you know what? We talk about, I grew up in the Angry Bird era, which uh, I remember the Jason Frazier, the Jeremy Accardo, B.J. Ryan, the closer for a while. Uh, these are I relics. Jason Frazier, but he was one of those guys just like that inning. That was perfectly summed up. I got into trouble and I figured out a way out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting yourself into trouble and then eventually getting yourself out. These were relics of an ancient civilization. That's <laughs> like Brian Tallett were in the bullpen. I mean, these oh, are names I haven't thought about for a while. Yeah, flip flopped and ruined. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Tallett the was rotation too. Tallett was. Ugh. It's uh, you know what consistent reliever from that whole time frame was Scott Downs and yes. He had some of the best uh, stuff in the pen at that time, and actually, I met him too once. He was a oh yeah. Like, I ran into him and Roy Holiday actually. <laughs> wow, that's cool. In, uh, Cooperstown, New York. They were wow. there for an exhibition game that they used wow. to do every year there. Nice. And I, minor league showcase along with some of the major league players. It was really cool. It was, you know, having a little ballpark there, and then Vernon Wells was hitting freaking home runs off the houses across the street from the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> so, great. It That's was a good great. time, but uh, yeah, me and my dad ran into them, and um, I had my dad's friend's son with us. We were, we were walking around, and he got an autograph from Holiday and Scott wow. Downs. So, wow, That's an interesting pairing. Uh, another name from that from that bullpen that I liked quite a bit is uh, Casey Jansen for a while. Yep, who was in there? Casey Jansen, who I liked <laughs> quite a bit, had a had a great a great run for them. But yeah, the Angry Bird era. When I look back at it, it was a pretty badly managed team for a while. Uh, I mean, Cito's second stint, I don't think, was that great. I don't know uh, how much of that was his fault. Honestly, I think he made the best out of he could. Yeah. Those teams were, because there were some years we were in it. and But that, that J.P. Riccardi years and all that kind of stuff, they found a way to bury every team some way or somehow. And honestly, you're seeing that all over again with him being part of the Mets front office, and the Mets are in that same situation again. Yeah, it was just, it was just, you know, Craig, it was, it was years of mediocrity. I think. Yep. It was always a, you know, if they could get to 500 finished, they were a third team in the AL East for so long. Correct. Uh, and it was just they couldn't really get that big, big thing. They couldn't really make that push. I remember. Wow, that's another blast in the past on that huge Miami Marlins trade. That was supposed to be the big thing. Yep. Uh, which that was actually Anthopolis' doing, I believe. Yes, yes and that it was. was the... I think it was the first year they started wearing the retro stuff again, or the yes. Blue Jays logo. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because those, those black jerseys and the Angry Birds, not, not a great design choice. No, you couldn't go from being an all-blue team for so long to switching it to black and weird silver. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was very of the time. Style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but no, I, I think that era was a little bit lost, and there were some bright spots. I mean, we tend to forget about it, but, but Vernon Wells did have some good seasons. Aaron Hill had some good seasons. Uh, Adam Lind is uh, Adam Lind. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, these guys had had pretty good seasons. I mean, I remember. A little bit later on in that era, when Brett Laurie was supposed to be one of the biggest guys coming up, we just never put it together, and suddenly we're taking you down the entire last ten years of the Blue Jays' history. <laughs> so, in, on that note, why don't we do a quick turnaround here and tell them why we should be looking forward to next year again? Because um, I alluded this a little bit earlier, but uh, Baseball America does all the wonderful, fun prospect. Uh, 
tracking for all of us now that this has become more of a big thing for us as we see Devin Travis settle into a 3-2 count here to lead off this inning. Um, they update the list throughout the year. They just did their most recent yeah. update, and this is now two, li- two, two list updates in a row where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the reigning king of that list. Yes. Two at least nobody in this conversation, probably many, nobody listening. <laughs> it's a surprise. Wow. Uh, the funny thing is that he's actually, um, because these guys haven't fallen off the list because of service time, Glaber Torres is still on that list, and so is Ronald Acuna Jr., who he is now superseded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is which is good to see for, for, for Jays fans everywhere. So that's your top three on the current list, anyways. Uh, Torres being number three, Cunier being number two. Um, the only person that's fallen off the list from the beginning, top ten, is uh, Shoya Otani. Shoya Otani, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's uh, just because he exceeded prospect. And you know what? When it came out with Baseball America doing that, I was a little bit surprised. Like, I was a little bit surprised to see him as a top prospect. Like, I understand how he technically. It does qualify as a prospect. Yeah, and that's uh, because they've had to rewrite their whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Is. Exactly. And the qualifications are a little bit, a little bit interesting. You see Travis get on base here, and uh, yeah. a chance for Mister Grichik to, well, not quite put it away as Wilson's working for his wow. second inning of work. So they were just showing the stat cast from that, and I, honestly, I thought he hit that a lot harder than that. Or at least how far. Yeah. I was surprised to see that only ninety five was it? Miles yeah, it was. It was a rocket. I mean, he, he makes a lot of hard contact. I don't know if you were aware of this, but during the old, well, not the old, but in his first stint with the Jays, he was leading in a stat called barrels per plate appearance. Really? Uh, I, which I, was I know that stat, but I would have wouldn't have guessed he's on that one. Yeah, he was leading or leading or very close to. He actually was ahead of Judge, Stanton, Harper, Machado, all these guys. He was hitting the ball hard when he was making contact and not striking out. He was hitting the ball hard, but it was always right at fielders. Um, so he was getting he was getting a little unlucky. Yeah, and I thought I saw for... that too. As far as uh, without the actual stat to back it up, it's just you see you see him hitting the ball hard, and it was just like, oh, okay, well, it went right to the right fielder, went right to the second baseman. Exactly, <laughs> you just couldn't win. Um, yeah, exactly. So. But continuing on that note here, um, Boba Shett is now currently ranked at 7, starting at 9 for the season. Um, Nate Pearson, as we alluded to earlier, is currently hurt and not pitching, but is ranked at 74. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., number 76. Danny Jansen is 78. Yeah. And then Kevin Smith making his debut in the top 100 at 91. So It's that great to see those guys get seven, there. right? Yeah, that's that's great. It's great to see those guys on there. It really is. Especially, I mean, I know uh, if you maybe don't know for any of you who maybe don't, Baseball America is a, a super, super reliable source for prospect analysis. Um, so it's not just like a, a somebody with not too much knowledge. You know, it's just it's very well known. And to see seven guys like that, it's it's fantastic. It doesn't surprise me, really. Um, I mean, Smith. We've been talking about throughout the show. Exactly. I mean, Smith was a little bit surprising to be on there. Um, and it's, even it's a not, test uh, what, how good his season's been. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's just been he's just been crazy. There was a piece on, I believe, Blue Jays Nation about Smith and another guy who I'm particularly interested in, Ryan Noda. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's 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 great to see that. I think the farm system in the next two three years is not going to be much of a farm system because all those guys that we mentioned, um, Bichette, Vladdy G, Goriel, they're all going to be in the majors and they're going to exceed their rookie limits. Yep. But yeah, no, it's it's very uh, very very exciting. But if they keep doing what they just did with this most recent draft, they're going to continue making sure that they're flushing the hole. We might not see the abundance that we're all seeing at once having. The New Hampshire Fisher Cats having set or yeah seven all stars. Yeah, I'm, that's that's insane. I mean, I was I like it as much as a lot of people point to it and they say, well, that, that shouldn't happen. You should never try and have your minor league team have that field that many all stars or have that much success. Um, but I like it. I like to see that, and they've been drafting pretty well, from what I understand. Uh, Jordan Groshans and, and uh, Adam Adam Kloffenstein, which is a name that I'm going to enjoy saying for years and years. Yep. Uh, they drafted well, and, and you know these guys, for whatever you want to say, they know how to draft. Um, yeah, and they've been drafting well. That's how Cleveland built their teams. So. And in all reality, out of these guys that we just listed on the top prospects, there's only two guys here that. Oh, and actually, I take that back. I think all these guys were actually drafted by the new new regime, other than. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being the one outlier. Yeah, I, think even, I mean, even the new management brought in Guriel. Yep, they did. They did. And and again, a lot of people. We've been talking about this for a while. As we see Sanguano getting warmed up, uh, if the Jays take the lead, or even if they don't, I can see him coming on to protect. Yeah, I wouldn't but, be Genie out there for another inning. When it's, oh no, no, I game. wouldn't either. And no, right now I we wouldn't got either. Runner on second with uh, with one, one down, Mister Taylor Anders. So. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, just, just going back to what I was saying a moment ago, that a lot of people have an issue with the way that this front office is run um, and the way that they're doing it, but they haven't really seen the fruit of what this of what this, this front office can do in the prospects that you just mentioned. And yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was very heavily pursued by Alex Anthopoulos and uh, Ishmael Cruz, who was a uh, director of Latin American Scouting. He's actually working with the Dodgers now. He followed Anthopoulos. Yep. But uh, yeah, people are going to start seeing what this front office is capable of, and I'm confident in that, at least. Um, and if not, then well, maybe I don't have a ton of credibility. I hope I do. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how good our credibility is. Well, we, yeah, we'll, we'll see. After. But in all reality, I, I, it's getting hard to hard to even think of this team as it currently sits with um, the more or less hanging around 500 as it is and not even having this team fielded the way it was intended, you know, Josh Donaldson was not, I would have never thought that he was going to spend this much time on a disabled list, and then when he was, quote-unquote, healthy, perform as he was, so, and you also wouldn't have guessed that Devin Travis was going to come so slow out of the gate, and finally starting to see him look a little bit like the player that we were, have, you know, seen when he is healthy, the biggest surprise so far this season is how, uh, you know, Teoscar Hernandez really has performed, and Kevin Pillar. Yeah, I, I agree completely with... I mean, the, the main thing that I picked out of what you just said was was the Josh Donaldson situation. Shocking to me, first of all, yeah, as you mentioned, how much he's been hurt. But he really was not productive when he was healthy. And as you said, quote-unquote healthy, there was the whole dead arm situation that we, that we talked about. And I remember seeing that first game, him not being able to get the ball to first base. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a really, really delicate situation. But yeah... They're seeing a lot of encouragement from Hernandez right now, and, and as you said on your sort of mock 2019 lineup, I don't think many Blue Jays fans would argue with you if you said put Teoscar 
every day in left field. I don't think I'll, I mean, maybe a platoon partner with uh, with DSJ, Dwight Smith Jr. or, or Alfred. Yeah. But yeah. No, One it's, way it's, or the other, I want his bat in the lineup. I don't care oh, if yeah. he's striking out. Um, just that ability that he's going to have, that he could run into 30 home runs in a season. He's he's certainly almost close to on pace. I think he's at 13 or 14 now. Yes. Um, but he's, so. he's de- I mean, he has power. And I, I know Buck and Pat were talking about this all throughout the Houston series, but th- that was huge. I mean, he did that a lot. I mean, we also saw power from. Uh, from Grandy, we saw an absolute just monster shot from Grichuk in that series. I was, I mean, that was that was crazy. Well, we might be seeing signs of maturity right now from Teoscar Hernandez as he actually takes a rare walk. Um, he does. <laughs> we were so. just talking about that at the top, actually. Yeah, it's uh, just like we talked about the uh, the Kevin Pilar walk watch. Talking about the Teoscar Hernandez walk. Uh, Keegan's feed right now. Yeah, I re- I will. <laughs> I know he also did something about the um, the triple watch. How the Jays last year had less the the least amount of triples by a team in a season for any team since 1915 or something. Yeah, and did you uh, know who had the most triples on the team last season? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's somebody completely unexpected. Was it? Ezekiel. I don't know who was it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Ezekiel Carrera. Uh, that's that's another that's another three. cult class. Wow, that was another guy that we uh, had to cut in all the uh, fun with figuring out the new depth for this season. Um, and maybe this is just how I've seen things um, as being a Blue Jay fan for years, obviously. Yes. Toronto loves their working collar, you know, their blue collar, blue collar hero, you know. Yes. You see it with the, the Goins as John McDonald being, in my opinion, the epitome of that yes. whole idea. Yes. And I love John McDonald. I love how he played the game, but was he ever going to be the best performer on the team? No. No, probably not. No. So. Yeah, I mean it's again. We we talked. To, you just mentioned John McDonald. There's a like I have super nostalgia blinders on when it comes to John McDonald because I again grew up watching him and his defensive abilities. I think were unmatched at that time. But yeah, Zeke was definitely Zeke was definitely that guy who was just you know he was a, he was a good he was a decent ball player. He was a fun guy on the team. Yep. But yeah, his uh, defensively he struggled. I'm sure everyone remembered that game uh, on the bases in Seattle where he fell off third base for what would be, I believe it was a triple play actually. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he gets lumped right in there with Goins, and even if you want to go as far as Kawasaki. Yep, I was actually just going to say my favorite call the hero being Moore Kawasaki. <laughs> it was just hilarious throughout the whole thing, and it, you know, again, not a, not an amazing amazing contributor to the team. Um, but yeah, it just, just happens. I don't really know who that guy is this year. I don't even think they have that guy this year. And in all reality, if I had to pick that guy that has become that guy this season, I think it's got to be Young Gervis Solarte. But yes. that's not because he's yes. underperforming. He's it's because of the dancing. fun to watch. It's because yes. of the dancing. Yes. And, but he, as far as playing and playing quality all the, all the time, that error that we saw earlier in the game was the like the only thing I can think of off the top of my head that he's done wrong this season, and he's done nothing but hit. And yes. in all reality, he was doing so well at one point. I had him on my fantasy baseball team because I was stupid enough to draft really? Jevin Travis oh. as my second baseman hey. with my 25th pick. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, we... I, I, I saw it got to the point in that draft, I'm like, there's no good second baseman left. Okay, I'm just going to do this and take all these other people. Interesting. And at that point, Devin Travis had a really good spring. He did have a good... So, he did have a pretty good spring, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, the thing with Solarte you mentioned, and, and everyone said it, Solarte is this year's Kawasaki. But yeah, he's reinvented him, not himself, but reinvented that that thought that you can have a fan favorite who is a really good, solid player. Yeah, 
Um, and I love the dancing, and I, I do it all the time because I think it's hilarious, versatile. Um, I just love that you being a guy that played anybody that plays sports for any time. You need somebody yes. in that dugout, in that clubhouse that is going to make the darkness look a little bit better. If you have somebody yes. that can, you know, oh my god, we're in a ten game losing streak, for example, and you have somebody that's hanging out in the dugout trying to cheer everybody up. Yeah. You need that, and I was always that guy on my teams. I'm just a lovable goof like that, and that's why that's I get to cool, hang man. out like this and have all the fun shenanigans with everybody that's on the cool. air. So yeah. if you see Joe Jimenez come into this game to hopefully dig the Tigers out, we yep. don't want them to do that. But yeah, you know, for his sake, I guess. Um, two runners on at this point and only one out. Yeah, I, and what what you were saying, uh, I've always considered myself similarly sort of the you know the class clown or the dugout clown rather. Last year, looking at this ball team, they did not have that. They had a lot of very stern faces. They had Dautista, they had Martin, they had Donaldson. Uh, I mean, I guess Stroman, but he's really more. I wouldn't say he cheers guys up. He really just ramps them up. Swagger on everything. Yeah, anything, you know. Pour some sauce on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but they didn't—they really didn't have a guy who was really energetic. They had a lot of these stern faces. They had a lot of leaders, uh, a lot of leaders in those teams. But yeah, I think Solarte's doing wonders for them. And um, and in all reality, I think that 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 is part of the changing the guard that we have going on with the Blue Jays. The you know the years we were really good. The re, you know when we went from the 2014 to the 2015 team, it was to get those guys that we didn't think were continuing to. Push the work ethic in the dugout. Yes. Get Adam Lind out and some of these other guys that were quote unquote not working as hard yes. as other people in the dugout. Uh, I don't know the whole story on that, but the idea was they went from being that looser clubhouse to a well oiled machine, and that's why they brought in Josh Donaldson and all these yes. guys that had. Martin was huge on that exactly, too. Exactly. Yeah. That were more strict, maybe, would be the best way of doing it, or at least more focused on baseball. Yes. I honestly think right now with the Blue Jays system the way it is, as we see Solarte get us up into this ball game, yes. and we're going to get another one here, and maybe not. Oh, here's not. <laughs> that was a good throw. That was a well placed. That was the only wow. place that we wouldn't have been able to place that to catch Travis, it's, and wow. unfortunately, he does not quite make it from second to home as Leonis Martin makes a threads the needle with that throw. Yeah. Martin's an impressive defensive outfielder. I mean, I, I give kudos to him. I mean, we saw that earlier with him on the base pass. And, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Alex Anthopoulos talked about that when he acquired Ben Revere and talked about yep. character guys in the dugout and said, this is something that we're really trying to do. We're trying to get character guys. He really liked he liked Price. Tulowitzki is a great leader, although yep. he's a little bit, again, stern and strict. But, yeah, I think Solarte does wonders for that. And, he can play. Yeah, and there's that, too. That's the key. He really can play. I think that's a huge thing, which is why a lot of fans either loved a guy like Kawasaki or hated him, because he was just... Polarizing yeah. because of that attitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he was a great, really funny guy. Uh, he didn't didn't really do a ton for them. He would sit on the bench a lot. Um, it was a solid piece to what could have been a very good team. Yeah, I, I think that team had a lot... Those teams had a lot of potential. So, um, but looking forward to the stuff that we have going on, yeah, you got the guys like Barton and Tulowinski in the dugout still. Um, yeah. But you have that changing of the guard where maybe going forward with a lot of these younger players coming into the team, maybe you do need to loosen up a little bit and show them, hey, that, you know, don't let them forget. And, you know, 
that when things are going bad, don't forget this is a game. We're out here to have fun type yeah. of thing. Rather than, oh my god, you're not doing your job, get out of here. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. I don't think would happen with any of our current players anyways. But no. it, I think that is one of those polarizing things that you need that, that, depending on what's going on, and I think when you have this influx of talent, create that in that super comfortable dugout as we see Morales take strike two here for a 2-2 count. Yes. Um, I... Yeah, I, think I, I that's mean, what I, you need to bring and make it comfortable for these guys to just go out there and perform. Absolutely, and the other thing is, uh, you and I as writers, I, I think we can tend to pretend like we know about clubhouse culture. We don't really know a lot about it, um, but you know, they're, they're human beings, and I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, but we've seen times. I mean, I know the infamous um, Jonathan Papelbon, Bryce Harper situation. Clubhouse chemistry is key. Um, some people like to diminish its importance, but I think we've seen it in the past, especially uh, we're getting another replay of the Leonis Martin throughout here. It was fantastic. It really was great. It, look, aggressive send by Rivera there, and it's, it was needed. It's the, it, it was needed. I mean, they, they've been they've been struggling for runs uh, most of the day, so I think that was needed. But yeah, so. it, it, the clubhouse culture thing is interesting. I think we're going to see somewhat of a resolution to that. Hopefully, and it looks like from what we saw limited of Vladdy Jr. at the major league level, he has that that little sense of he plays the game with a little bit of energy. Yeah, and we definitely saw that in that walk off on Montreal and uh, the few uh, towering shots that he's had in the minor leagues. <laughs> Watching him yeah. the video is just yeah, he definitely knows he can play this game, and I definitely don't think. And that's why, honestly, I think if you threw him into the fire right now, it wouldn't have caused a problem. Obviously, he was healthy, but uh, yeah, that is coming. Yeah. And in all reality, it was a minor thing. It was a hamstring tightness thing that they're like, you know what, you're going to be one of our best guys for the foreseeable future. I think they made the right call one way or the other. But oh, unfortunately, yeah. in the midst of all our fun here talking about fun, <laughs> yes. the Blue Jays squander they a do. Uh, easy start to this inning and do not get a run home. I still agree with the aggressive run of Travis trying to run yeah. home. That, that it had to have been a perfect throw there. And that was a weird bouncy ball on the turf. You never know what was going to happen. But Martin made a clean play, and they're out of this inning. So we're still top 3-3 three, three going into the top of the third here. San Juan O will be coming out of the bullpen to face John Hicks to get the start. Hicks was a, uh, well, not a hero, but had a, had a run on the board earlier on in this game. I've liked San Juan O's game. Uh, and people who follow the team, I've read comments from, uh, columns, excuse me, from Shai Davidi, uh, in that he really likes the way that this guy's been throwing the ball at 313 ERA. I, I I really liked the deal. Actually, funnily enough, my first ever column with Jay's Journal was a day after uh, his uh, contract with the Rangers was nullified. Yep. Uh, and I said I wrote a quick column about should the Jays pursue someone else? Could he be a bargain? And at the end of it, I concluded, like, yeah, they should. And then two or three days later, they signed him, and it was just... Chris sends me a message like, I, th- I think you're going to be okay at this, <laughs> uh, which is funny to me, and I think it's a great way to start it off. But I think that's funny because I did something similar to that with the whole Troy Tulowinski thing. Oh, yeah? At, at the beginning of the season for 2015, I wrote, uh, I, every once in a while I do these things that are like kind of like meant to be kind of zany and crazy. Right, kind of like this is going to be completely out of left field, but read it anyway. Like the right. way too, the way too early predictions, right? Yeah. So we were talking like it was like it had to have been 
you know, either June first or just before that. <laughs> and I yeah, wrote, I, I just wrote five things up that I was, thought would be cool to happen that weren't too far out of the ballpark, but you know, maybe only had like a twenty percent chance of actually really happening. Right. And the other four that I did never happened. Like I predicted that Pompey was going to run away with the left field job instead of Chris Colabello in twenty fifteen. Wow, that <laughs> is like a blast. that. Um, wow. And then the but the first thing I said that was the Blue Jays are going to trade for a full time shortstop. Interesting. And it's going to be Troy Tulowinski. I mean, and, the, and the Jays. Sure enough, is hell. Keegan messaged me and goes, "You called that, didn't you?" I remember reading that. <laughs> and I'm like, I, that's right. I that's that. <laughs> that that year. I, look, shortstop was a shortstop was a mess for them that year. I mean, Reyes was not performing. Yep. Uh, but no, that's that's a pretty great thing to call. I yep. mean, look, a, a minor relief signing. 2015, regardless of what happened since with Troy Tulowinski's health history. Um, but that really solidified that team at a position that we knew was a problem. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I never thought in a million years that the Rockies would would actually be thinking about it because they just signed him up long term. You know, yes. It like, was a building piece, and he was caught completely off guard by it. So. He oh, there was there was a lot of there was some animosity between him and the Rockies front office about the suddenness of that trade. Oh, I bet. Um, and Apparently it was, was just kept calling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and Tulowitzki made a point of it at certain when he did media appearances. And he has no again, it's nothing towards the Jays, and you know, it's just business. But he said the Rockies were really, really not nice to him. What what a lot of people have said about Tulowitzki, there was a call about this on Jays from the couch not too long ago, is. Um, if you had if you had to do it again, I'm sure everyone would have still traded for Troy Tulowitzki after all that has happened and after all the injuries. I don't think anybody would have said the Jays should not have made that trade. Oh, I agree because, like I said, the way I see it, at worst case scenario, I bought the playoffs that year with whatever I'm paying for Troy Tulowitzki still. Yeah, so that's fine by me. I would have paid for that all over and had that feeling that we had. And in all reality, the 2015 team I think was the better of the two. And it's amazing that we were, you know, just missed on that opportunity there with Dalton Pompey waiting on third base. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is. That is one of those times I remember, and as I remember with 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 Revere smacking the uh, smacking the Gatorade in the dugout, and there 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 were some times. I mean, I that was a season to remember, um, and a really really good baseball team. Uh, and 2016 was exciting too. I mean, that that series against obviously the Orioles. I think you know. Uh, we've we've talked so much about the age gap, and, and would that Encarnacion walk off home run in the wild card game be fourth on your list? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Can't even question it. That Those was... four can have some interchangeability in it. It's just <laughs> they're yeah. very close. But like I said, there that there's only one other person in Major League history as we see another. Oh, Randall Grychuk makes a nice catch. Is he going to get him at first? Not quite. Not quite. Not right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just missing him at first base. I thought he had Reyes uh, dangling yeah, hung up a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, um, there's only two players in Major League history that had a, had a walk-off World Series winning home run. Yes. And one was a shot heard around the world by Bill Mazeroski against the Yankees yes. for the Pirates, and then Joe Carter. And then Joe Carter. <laughs> yeah, that's... Ugh. I I mean... It, look, to, to people my age, it's a legend. I'm sure yeah. even to people your age, it's still a legend, even though you did you did see it. But yeah, um, those home. I mean, that year, those 2015, 2016 seasons provided me with some 
with some great moments. I'll always remember the uh, that seventh inning. I will never forget the seventh oh, inning. It's insane. It's etched in your it, brain. <laughs> it's just it's fantastic and to cap it off with the backflip and Sam Dyson eating it. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. There were some great moments in that series. They really, really were in the 2016 uh, season with Donaldson's mad dash home. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the punch in the face that was actually that was punching the Rangers and. You know, in September that that was a million times better. Than I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that you brought that up actually because that is one of the dumbest things that I've ever seen oh, on I a baseball agree. field. You know, the fact that 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 the Rangers pointed to that as here's our sense of of power, here's our most pride, and there was a sign that happened uh, in Game Three of the ALDS that was I'd rather get. Uh, punched in May than knocked out in October, which I was great. It's that was amazing. the best way to summarize it. Yeah. Exactly. I remember seeing that sign too, and I remember just dying. Hysterically. It was great. It's great. Um, I I don't know. Look, I, the Rangers are my least favorite AL team. It's not really a, any secret. Uh, but the way they carried that out is it's less than ideal. Character thing that looked like we were hitting on a few minutes ago that just didn't quite hit the right way. No, they could have handled I mean, the you know the, the punching part aside. It could have been handled differently around that, and I just couldn't believe that he popped them that quick. And uh, I made the joke that recently after that, I think uh, Bautista had been spending too much time in Canada as he went for uh, Odor's shirt to pull over his head first before he just popped. Him. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just a little, just a little too polite, a little subtle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there were apologies after in true Canadian fashion. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, that. I don't know. That is that's that game was still ridiculous to me. Um, looking back, it's a little bit of a dirty slide. There is the Chase Utley rule intact now that sort of prevent you from doing that. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was crazy. And I mean, the the Jays ended up winning. I mean, they knocked out the Rangers twice in two consecutive postseasons. I, yeah, I think. The coup de gras right there. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jays got the last laugh. They really did. Um, and yeah, we are heading. We're heading to the bottom of the ninth. And that is correct, uh, as uh, Sam 1-0 records another out here and gets us out of this. A beautifully pitched performance by Sam 1-0. He allowed the one hit, but... Aside from that? Aside from that. Getting some contact right at fielders. Let's 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 see if our boys uh, can finish it off here. Tie game at the bottom of the ninth. It's been a... When was the last, when was the last walk-off for this team? Uh... I'm kind of I, thinking of that right now. Honestly, you know, I know. I'm wondering how much I got to dive into my Twitter account and see where I celebrated yeah. last. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, Morales hit a hit a hit a bomb. Uh, that was not a walk off home run because he hit that in the tenth, I think. Okay, and a couple of game away. winning home runs lately. Yes, walk offs on the road. I mean, I it couldn't have been. No, Maley's Maley's Granderson's. No, it might have been Granderson. Maybe. One, there was yeah, one that was not too long ago that um, I just remember the headline, the Granny Man Can. And the, uh, there you go. On uh, Sportsnet's the feed the next day. <laughs> and he so. can indeed. I really hope we uh, we see him get into this game. Um, very well might, too, because in this part of the lineup, um, anything you goes. Yeah, you get Pilar and Maley. You're going to have Smoke Pilar and Luke Maley. Maley. The Maley Man, as they call him on the, on the Twitter feed. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while since that. Um, 
it's funny actually. I was just just having this conversation with somebody. Uh, one of my favorite in-game ballpark moments that I've ever had was a walk-off at Rogers Center. Was a walk-off grand slam by Greg Zahn. I don't know if you remember oh that. My God, I remember that. But that is uh, <laughs> that is one of my all. That, that I think might be one of the best moments I've seen in person yeah. uh, at a game. But it just when we said you know talking about walk-offs and catchers coming up with a chance to walk it off, that sort of jumped into my brain. And Greg yeah. Zahn's not not with the organization anymore, but. Um, but yeah, that stuck out. That was Angry Bird era. For all the all the games I've been to, uh, that being present for a walk off is one of the things that I can't believe I've never seen. I've been really, to, I've been to countless baseball games. I'm usually to double digits easily every year between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. Never a walk off, um, and never been to a walk off. I've been to almost an almost no hitter though. I was at the game where Dustin McGowan. Through wow. eight I, third against the Rockies, I remember I was that. I remember at a five hundred level up where Canseco and uh, McGuire hit their home Wow, <laughs> I remember that. I remember seven that dollars, seven or eight dollars wow. seats. I remember when the cold beer was <laughs> cooking yeah. in the sun, <laughs> and then watching Dustin McGowan just mow through my friend's Rockies was great. <laughs> I remember that along with uh, with Brandon Morrow had a similar experience. I believe that was against the Rays. Was that the seventeen strikeout game? I don't. Yeah, I th- it was definitely up there. I don't know the exact number, but it was definitely up there. So, and yeah, we, no worries. Yeah, we'll just see so, what we can get up from our guys. Still got a three-two count on him here, and we'll see what's going to happen because I'm, uh, he's some. Oh, sorry, Devin Travis is still up here. Yes. <laughs> Why did it say no. I had Justin Smoke coming up this inning? <laughs> Oh, I believe it was just. Wasn't it just? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, hoping they can put it away here, especially to to give Gavilia or rather give someone out an opportunity. But uh, no, it's nice, nice, well pitched game by the Jays. They've been a little sloppy defensively, but overall they've been pretty good. Yeah, well, and that's exactly it. I think my feed just completely went stupid because <laughs> um, we are in. I, I had I mean, I Travis have, up, and I'm like, okay, that is last inning. What's going on? I have a 1-0 count on Justin Smoke right now. Okay, I'm trying to reload everything here, <laughs> and that is that is going to be the ball game, my friend. Oh, there, there we go. That is a I walk-off home run by Justin Smoke. See Justin Smoke go nuts on that pitch. There, that, <laughs> there you go. That is the ball game. Wow. What a, what a finish. What a finish. And what that was finish putting a nice this. staple for San Juan O to get the win out of this. It is, it is. After, he proves uh, four and two. Yep. Good for good for these guys. I mean they're going crazy with the Gatorade showers here for Smokey at home, but well deserved. <laughs> good, good for him. And that well and for somebody that's been consistently getting better the last few weeks too, you know, we haven't seen last year's Justin Smoke yet this year, but we have definitely been seeing him get progressively better over the last few weeks. This has got to be a big confidence boost for him as far as putting that icing on the cake. Yeah, and well, yeah, and he's, I mean, he's been, he's been a little, little streaky this year, but, you know, there's one thing that we've seen from Justin Smoke consistently throughout his career with the Blue Jays, and that is raw home run power. Yeah, and we saw it in full display there with another monster shot oh, in right center field. Fantastic. Uh, 11th of the season walks it off here as the Blue Jays improve to 39-43. and 43. So, 
one way or the other, I don't care what happens at the end of the season, Hayden, but um, I would like to see them hit that 500 ballpark. I, I would as well. I think that's really a... That's a line that I think they should try and get to for the young guys coming up. But then again, uh, again, yeah, as you mentioned, this season is not entirely important as to what happens. But yeah, it would be good to see that. Yeah, and then before the trade deadline, I think even would be a more critical thing on that because I'm a true believer that thinking that Danny Jansen and company are going to be coming and staying for the yeah. late, mid part of August to September, which unfortunate for me, being a Bisons fan as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to be getting pilfered and might miss out on a good playoff spot. That's but okay. That's, I'm completely I'm sure. okay with it because, in my opinion, that's what the minor leagues are for, and it is to build a Toronto Blue Jays juggernaut. Exactly. Well, that's what we're hoping for, right? And it, we're seeing it take shape, as you mentioned, being uh, yourself being the Jays Journal minor league expert from when you were at Jays Journal and uh, you were with the uh, South of the Six. You know, that is the purpose of that, and we're seeing that. And they, they are a minor league juggernaut system, as we see. Well, we see Justin Smoke giving a interview with Hazel May here. It's, 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 it's good to see. Hopefully Hazel won't get drenched like she does I'm whenever real, she oh, has Steve Pierce. It is absolutely hilarious. I think it's hilarious, and she, she's a great sport about it, but it is right. hilarious. Um, <laughs> but no, well, well played game by the guys. Uh, th- uh, three runs, seven hits, no errors for the Tigers. Four runs, seven hits, single error for the Jays. Menez gets the loss, three and one. O gets the win, four and two. And uh, yeah. It ends up being a nice performance after what completely we were calling no hitter. Yeah, oh boy! That in the with, first four innings with Matt Boyd with, having a stellar outing yeah. himself. Him and Gavilio went completely toe to toe for the first six seven innings of this, and yeah, Gavilio gets a no decision, but a nice start for him. Same thing with Matt Boyd, not credited with a loss, obviously, but allowing really just the one home run on his side to Randall Grichik that just was to completely annihilated and destroyed. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. And well, well, well pitched game by both the starters. I mean, that wasn't, um, you know, it was an unlikely pitching matchup to call it a quote unquote pitcher's duel, but it was a very, uh, well pitched game by both starters and decently bullpen game as well. Uh, but smoke managed to take him deep for the win. So well, well played game by both sides. All right. So game by both sides. Yeah. That pretty yes. much wraps up this fun with us for today's game, anyways. Um, I, kn- I didn't give you a chance to do this before, at the beginning of the show, so if you want to talk what you've been doing, what you're working on, you know, plug your stuff for a minute here and tell us what you've been working on at hard at jaysjournal.com. Well, fantastic. Thank you. Um, I am... I, I like to consider myself sort of the utility man over at Jay's Journal. I've been doing breaking news, analysis, trade rumors. Uh, I mostly write daily columns. Um, I've been covering a lot of trade deadline stuff, a lot of stuff about a Jay Hap deal, a lot of stuff about the minor leagues. Um, so if you want to head over to jaysjournal.com, I'm normally one of the featured writers. I'm also uh, available on Twitter at Hayden Godfrey with two Ys because apparently, as uncommon as my name is, there was somebody who, as it's actually spelled, <laughs> Uh, but no, thank you very much, uh, Craig, for having me. It was an absolute blast speaking to you today and watching a very well played ball game. Sounds great, Hayden. We'll definitely have to have you back on the show sometime. Thank or, you. you know, maybe we can get you doing some uh, random stuff for us on the morning stuff. That would that would be a blast. It was, it was very good to speak to you, and uh, I really, really appreciate having me. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. And um, I, I forgot to mention this in the sh- earlier in the show, but uh, we were dedicating this show to Adam Corsair and his family. Had some unfortunate news lately over the last couple of weeks, and we just want to know that, buddy, we're all thinking about you, and hope all is well with you and the family. And 
all is well. We'll keep up the go show going for you. And Hayden, it was very nice having you to be able to fill in for us today and keep us going. Thank you very much. I would like to send my best wishes to Adam Corsair and his family as well. Um, not not uh, that familiar on a person-to-person basis, but still I've heard about some of the misfortunes. I want to send my thoughts out to you as well. So, yeah. Well, thanks, my friend. I'm sure he appreciates it. And all you Blue Jays fans, don't forget, tune in um, every weekday morning. We have the morning mash for you, usually in the morning. Unfortunately, I had uh, some travel lists last week that allowed me to have some very big technical difficulties with the wonderful Sprint cell phone network, and uh, <laughs> my stuff didn't post even though I did the shows. <laughs> so um, we will get those all ironed out and make sure that all our content is getting out to you. Um, we are trying to make sure we give you all your daily week, weekday uh, Blue Jays news. We might have some other people joining in on the fold for some of their own shenanigans to be brought in and have some fun. Don't forget, we are sponsored by SeatGiant.ca. If you want to jump in on all the fun out there, jump in and grab your tickets. Use the, the uh, promo code JBIRD, and you'll be able to get a nice 5% discount on whatever tickets you might be purchasing. Hopefully, there are more Blue Jays tickets, and you can listen to us while we goof around with you in the stands. Don't forget to call in next time. We uh, got a couple of Twitter questions that we ended up answering anyways. But thank you all for listening. Hayden, it's been a pleasure. And it's been a pleasure. Soon. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. You. Bye. And we're off the air.